gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, DC Superpowers fans. Welcome back to the DC Superpowers podcast, issue number 20. Vernon, we're at issue 20. I know. We broke the big 2-0. That's crazy. I remember it was a huge deal when we did it on my other show. This one here is awesome. It's been great being with you 20 weeks. Oh, man. Here, here are our voices. We, I want to say thank you for everybody out there listening to us, sticking with us long. <laughs> yeah, um... Super friends, it's been fantastic being here with you guys. Checking the numbers, seeing you guys are actually downloading and you're actually stuck with us this long and we're gaining people as we go. But for anybody who hasn't um, heard us before, I'm one of your hosts, Ken Rose. Sitting here with me in the basement of the Hall of Justice is my good buddy, Vern. Hello, guys. I'm Yellow, and this basement, by the way, is pretty big. Oh, yeah. See, they've moved us out of the closet into an actual storeroom, so we got more space now. Exactly. And see, I can bring in some of my action figures and little trophies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, this week, we told you guys a couple of weeks coming up that we're doing a movie reviews this week is the main one. We have, in the last month, had some major releases from DC Comics. We yes, had... Yeah, they... Oh, go ahead. I was say they graced us with their presence of three different movies we're going to cover tonight. Oh, yeah. Well, we got Batman The Killing Joke. Awesome. We got the Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition Blu-ray set came out. Really Which, good and better than yeah. the theatrical, and we needed that. So this is great for the fans. And then we finally have the third movie in the DC Cinematic Universe, which is all tied together now. The Suicide Squad came out. Woo! That's the movie I was waiting for for the whole year. Oh, yeah. Since I heard about it. I, I love Bad vs. Superman uh, Ultimate Edition, but the Suicide Squad was in my heart. Well, the great thing is, is like if you look at Suicide Squad... Um, if you look at the actual reviews, the, it's like a lot of the other movies where it seems like the critics have panned that this was terrible and terrible. Non-comic book fans are like, eh, it was okay. But the actual comic book fans are enjoying this movie. Oh, yeah, they are. Well, the funny thing is, even with Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, the non-comic book fans, it seemed like they wanted to see that more because they know the characters. Yeah. But they still didn't like it as much. With Suicide Squad, as I said, I went with my mother and I went with my father. Now, my mother showed me everything with the comic book cartoons, but she never dabbled into the comic books themselves. She never heard of Suicide Squad. Okay. My cousin never heard of Suicide Squad. Neither has my father, but they love Suicide Squad. Cool. So the critics pandered and they hated. They tore it up, but it seems like just general audience still enjoyed Suicide Squad because it was a fun movie. See, that's what, that's what it got from on, on me was it was fun. But before we get into that too much, um, and before we get too deep, remember, um, Super Friends, we are still running our iTunes contest. If you go over to iTunes and find the DC Superpowers podcast, leave us a rating or review. Every 10 ratings or reviews, we're going to pull a name from everybody who's given us a rating and send you comic books. Now, we're building a box full of prizes, but the first prize we're going to have is going to be 
three comics. It's actually the first, second, and third printing of the DC Comics Rebirth Special number one. It, and it's awesome. All three of them have their own different feel to it, honestly. First one, everybody read that if they went out the first week. Second one, it has the volume feel to it. And the third one, the the, the cover's just amazing, guys. You you got to get this. <laughs> yeah, so I can't. really want it. You still have my copy of, I think, the second and third printings. Yes, I have to I get do. those from you. The, the the second printing is the way they made the cover. It feels like a volume of different sets of DC. So they, oh, they put fantastic. a different feel to each one. So head over to iTunes. It's it's just that simple. Leave us a rating. That's it. There's nothing to it. So, um, but also, um, before we get into movie news, actually, I wanted to get your idea on some of the. Um, I'm trying to think what I've heard some of this news from the different TV universes that's coming. Have you heard any mm-hmm. of the stuff that's come out in the last couple of weeks? Oh, um, minor minor things. They're uh, working on crossing over a uh, Supergirl. Um... What, there's something about Flash I heard, and I can't. Oh, oh yeah, there's gonna be there's this, gonna be another speedster as the villain. Yeah, uh, I don't know that who. One. I forget the name, uh, but no, the one you're thinking about, Supergirl and Flash. Um, there is going to be a second crossover. We know right. about the four show crossover four that show they're already tie-in. planning on right. doing. That's the normal DC Universe crossover, but there is going to be a Supergirl Flash crossover. And what a lot of people, I, not as much on me, but a lot of people have been calling, asking for this. They are doing a musical crossover. That's right. There we go. Thank you. Hey, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Go back, go back. We actually have a second um, rating on iTunes. We got another five-star review. <gasps> yes. I just brought it hey, up. DC Fan 2525. Thank you for this. Ooh. We got a five-star rating. It's DC Fan 2525. And um, the, we'll get back into the Supergirl and Flash here in a minute. But it's um, it says, great podcast. I really love listening to your podcast. I, I'm always waiting for your new episodes. I love your crossover with Marvel last week. Keep it up and more power, guys. So awesome. thank you, thank DC you. Fan 2525. It's great listening to people. Um, we appreciate so, you. We really do. We are... Two two reviews closer to that um, magic number ten. Who knows? It might be you that wins the comics. Exactly. So back to the um, Flash news. Yeah, they're doing a musical comic or musical crossover. Like a lot of other shows have done this also, and um, they'll probably there's plenty of villains in the DC universe that could do something like this and cause this to happen. Mm-hmm. Always. And the thing about Supergirl, there's so many different villains in that universe. There are some goofy ones. There's some serious ones. So I feel like this one might be more of the lighter, goofy side of uh, the Supergirl villains. Mm-hmm. Whoever um, it might be. Well, speaking of Supergirl, I was actually listening to um, Supergirl Radio this week, and um, they did an actual character spotlight on Lena Luthor. Have you heard about this, that Lena Luthor is coming to the series? Um, or do you remember who yeah, Lena yeah, Luthor is? Yeah, sister. Right, right. Yeah, Lex's little sister. Her. Yeah, we haven't seen her in comics or TV shows in I guess oh, she how was long. Mentioned, she was supposedly mentioned in the New 52, but mostly it was out of the Silver Age is where most of her stuff right, came from. Right, yeah. But, um, they have, the closest thing we had to that was from Smallville. Well, do you know who Katie McGrath is, the um, actress? Mm, not not ringing a bell. What is she playing? Uh, she's been in, I believe she was in Camelot. Um, let me okay, bring I'm, up her IMDb. I'm looking up right now. Yeah. This Let's is see here. But um she's playing Lena Luther, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Who what do you got for her? Uh she's playing Jurassic World, she played in um Throwaways, Leading Lady, Slasher, King Arthur. She's got a good King Arthur, of that's movies. the one. It wasn't Camelot. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, she's been in all kinds of different stuff, but she's playing Lena Luthor, and I guess um, the character breakdown. I think she died in Jurassic World. Huh? I think she was one of the characters that died in Jurassic World. Yeah, she was. Babysitter. She was. Yeah, she was the assistant. Yeah, her assistant. But um, I guess she's playing the CEO of LexCorp because okay. Luther is actually in jail. <laughs> Not surprised. So that's where this is at. She's actually, I guess, the mid twenties and um, trying to like cover for her brother's companies or it's her family company. But um, hmm. so they're going to keep Lex in here. jail for now. Yeah, for and the moment, way, that's why we're not getting him, because he's in jail. There was two things I wanted to add to that. Uh, go back to Supergirl for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the cast that they have for right now for next season is amazing. The lineup looks really good. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad we finally get to see uh, Superman, Martian Manhunter, and Supergirl all on one live-action TV show. That's a, that's a dream come true. Well, yeah, I don't know if you're going to get um, Manhunter and Superman at the same time, though. Same time? Yeah, sadly. But... Um, another Supergirl, but little they bit will of Supergirl all be on news. The show. Another bit of Supergirl news. We've been, um, we were all excited about Kevin Smith doing an, possibly doing some Arrow, doing some uh, Flash. Well, it's confirmed he is doing an episode of Supergirl. Hmm. Okay. He, he really loved the first two seasons. Yeah. Uh, uh, can't think of his YouTube channel, but uh, he even praises even on his podcast. Hold on a second. No, what was that again? You were breaking up on me. Oh, that's not good. Um, I was saying, uh, even on his YouTube page and his podcast, he's in that show, so that's the thing he's actually going to be able to direct it. i like to see his take on it. Yeah. Um, but right here he has the... Um, I'm looking for... He actually announced on um, what the actual episode title is. Um, hmm. Let me find it. Oh, come on. Oh, and, well, while you're looking also uh on Glee... So he's already got those singing chops ready. <laughs> that's uh, that's what a lot of people have been um, talking about, the fact that Grant Gustin's from Glee, Melissa Benoist is from Glee. Um, what's his name who plays Joe West is actually from is a singer also. Well, we saw that oh, on yeah, the right. um, Earth 2 on episode. The Flash. Yeah. The Flash. Now, see, when I seen that, i never seen the actor in anything else. So when I watched that, I was thinking, is he even singing? Is this a voiceover? So is that actually him? I no, that, that's actually him. Ah, here we go. Oh, wow. The special thing of this, the the name of the episode that Kevin Smith is directing is called Supergirl Lives. Um, hmm. Basically, this is a quote from the um, that Kevin Smith said. He said Andrew Kreisberg told me that the name of the episode is Supergirl Lives. Kevin shared or Smith shared. I'm gonna cry talking about this. The name of the script that he wrote back in 1996 for Superman was called Superman Lives. Hmm. So wow, okay. So you think it might be very similar to that episode? I don't know. Hmm. So that's that's Kevin Smith's episode of Supergirl. Let me see what else I can pull up. But that's all I had on that one. Um, also, it says. Let me bring up. So, but um, next week, Super Friends, we're gonna actually get right back into our normal rotation. Uh, we'll have all our regular news. Um, as the all, I'm gonna start this week collecting all of this TV spoilers and stuff that are coming up because this summer we've not done much on the TV because of Rebirth being so huge for this summer. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's filled the void so much of anything on television. We don't need even the TV in our house. <laughs> I, I counted. I told my mom I collected 58 comic books in the past two months. Oh, yeah. I'm well above that probably, which is sad. <laughs> I mean, for a guy who I was buying one or two comics a month here and there, and yeah, now same, I'm buying like here. almost ten a week. I mean, yeah, and the, I'm almost going to be glad when Rebirth is over. And I'm only buying the ones I want to read for Rebirth or for just the continuing series. 
Well, that's the sad thing because I'm I'm deep in so many. I don't think I'm gonna cut myself off from probably exactly. about five books, and that's it. I'm still gonna be buying about seven or eight books a week, and it's like crazy. Yeah. Oh, and also the Hanna Barbera relaunch, or not Hanna Barbera relaunch. The Hanna Barbera DC crossover comics have been amazing. Actually, we could talk that a little bit because that's not during the regular reviews. Did you get? Um, did you finally read um, Flintstones number two? No, I have not, but I did read Scooby Doo. Okay, well. Of course you read Scooby Doo. <laughs> That's my that and um Wacky Raceland are my favorites, so Yeah. Well we got Wacky Wacky Raceland coming this week too. But Flintstones oh, yeah, number two I, I was it up. was I think better than the first one, but it's still a little hard it, getting used to the new um new way it's being spin done. On them. Yeah. But this it, one issue two was actually all about crap. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, they well what it is That's is what um, are they digging and they find something no. or what? No, what it is is um it's all about shopping and stuff. Because they, Barney gets a brand new TV and there's a guy on it talking about this new thing that everybody's all into. It's called crap. It's stuff you don't need, but you buy anyway because you have to accumulate crap. Are you serious? That's what this whole epi- <laughs> this whole issue is about. That <laughs> Buying <awesome>. crap. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you, got, no, you have gonna... this when you have to read it. Well, it's funny because the way you're describing that, um, it sounds like that could have been in the old cartoon. Just yeah. them doing regular day stuff and this like something new coming about to um, bedrock. I'm like, oh, you see this? We got to buy this and this is name that. Exactly. That sounds very familiar. So, um, well, since since you touched on um, Flintstones, I'm gonna touch on Scooby Doo. I know I said previously, and I if this wasn't on the show, I know I was talking to you about it. It's I like the way they're doing things, but I don't like the team right now at the time. Yeah. As I said, I'm gonna give them I'm give them some time and see if they'll come together more as a team like we've seen in the cartoons and the movies. And they are. This issue, I think it was this issue four, I want to say, um, they finally get together as a team. The characters are coming more together. Daphne stopped punching people two issues ago, thank God. Okay. Um, <laughs> Fred is now becoming more so the leader because everybody's a little dysfunctional. Freddie, or not Freddie, Daphne and Velma are just a little bit. Freddie them together. Shaggy is still with the dog. And Scooby's even becoming more of the main protector of them he was on guard duty or dog duty and then when he did uh find the monster he ripped that thing to shreds he he had well not to shreds but he was able to hold his own and i like that so uh they're coming in more of a team scooby's becoming more scooby-doo and freddy's becoming more of a leader and that was the thing i had a problem with interesting so everybody's basically becoming the characters that we know them as yes and it's great and also we have uh, appearance from a new character that i think they were going to put in there Ooh. Scrappy Doo. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, he's got a vendetta against Scooby. Um, he thinks Scooby- <laughs> of course he would. Um, basically, Scooby's weak. They gave them, uh, they've been testing on them for the smart dogs, and Scooby was the prototype. So yeah. he can still talk, but not really good. That's why he still pronounces everything with his R's, where, um, sh- uh, not Scraggy, Scrappy, even in the cartoon, he always spoke with a perfect vocabulary. Yeah. Um, so he's one, the- he's like the, top dog of the, I don't know what you call them, the canine crew. I don't know. I forget the name, what they were going to call themselves. Okay. But uh, he's the leader. So he's hanging out with Scooby because Scooby's too nice, he's too kind, and he's mad at uh, Velma Dinkley because she was the doctor that experimented on them. So when he finds her, he says, I'm going to rip her shreds, and uh, Scooby needs to watch his back. But he did say, my name is Scrappy, dude. So they he did let everybody know they are related. Good. But I don't know why he hates him so much. I don't know what he did to him to make him that mad. Oh, they'll explain it later. They will. But it, the story's going really good. Um, I'm loving it. I can't wait for next month. If they're going to keep this up and have the progression of the characters from what we know, 
Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna buy this every month. Cool. So, um, so Hanna Barbera is going strong. Um, Young Animal is going to be coming up, I believe. What is it? September or October? The Young Animal comes out. Oh, I want to say September because it should be coming up before I know it. Because I seen an advertisement in one of the books, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So if they're showing it, it must be coming up next month. Well, we, the, maybe because um, we've been discussing Super Friends. You guys listen to us every week, but we've been discussing back and forth what we're going to do after the Rebirth event is over uh, for the mm-hmm. reviews because uh, we're not going to be able to continue doing 10 comics every week reviews because we're going to have all the regular TV shows and stuff and back into that yeah. format. So we're going to have to decide. We'll ma- we'll figure out what we're going to review. If you guys have any ideas, hit us up at DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on the Facebook page or Twitter. Let us know. Um, do you have suggestions on what we should start, what we should review, what we should keep reviewing, what we do, um, not to do? Let us know what you think too, because you guys are the ones listening to this. I mean, we're going to sit here and talk about comic books no matter what. But oh yeah, if the you better, hear us or not. <laughs> um, yeah, the better we know what you guys are into, the better we can tailor the show so that it's as much your show as it is ours. Exactly. And so, I was gonna. I was going to throw out an idea for everyone listening. If you think it's okay, let us know. Leave us some comments. Leave us some reviews. Let us know. But what I was going to say was, with me, I know I'm scarring back, uh, going back to college in the fall, so I know I won't be able to uh, read as many books. So I was thinking maybe we can have a mixture of the books we like and the TV shows. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking Something also, um, that's what I was thinking. Like Maybe we can catch Young Animal for a couple, for like a month or two. Right, and, right. Um, cover maybe the um, major events like the... What is it? The mystery of the monster men that's coming out across the Batman titles in September, October. It's oh, a six yeah. issue mini that's coming. Gonna a, yeah, that's um, going to be a good October. Crossover. Remember, we also have um, He Man Thundercats coming out. Oh man, oh that's going to be sweet. So, if it's anything like the Batman crossover with uh, the Turtles, Hanna and Barbera are going to have a. They're not Hanna Barbera. I'm sorry. DC Comics is going to have amazing crossovers from well, last year have, this year. We have a volume two of that coming too. I'm not sure when, but I know they are writing a second volume of um, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Awesome. Okay. And I think I might be wrong. It might just be my brain being too fuzzy, but I thought they're also making another crossover with the Turtles, but this is going to be the animated style like the new uh, cartoon. It might be, because I know, they're, like I said, they're, they're doing a second one, so I don't know how what the details of that is. I'm actually going to look this up now, but I think that's what the next one's going to be. It's going to be the the cartoon versions of them. Okay. Well, I know you had um, one specific. Um, this is actually movie news again, but oh, you had yes. one specific story in here before we get into the movie reviews that we did. Was um, let me see if I got a date on this. Does yours? Did it say when this is? Re- there it is. October eleventh. We have another new movie coming, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I've not seen the preview for this. I haven't. I didn't even hear about this. I was just going down the list ah. of everything DC, and this popped up. And I'm like, oh, well, this well, is then, big news. <laughs> give me just a minute. You know what we can do? I have this technology. We can actually, <laughs> let me do this right here. Where'd it go? We can actually watch it here. Now, Super Friends, you're going to be able to hear this. But we're going to watch it and get our review. Of, they actually have, well, before we get too far, October 11th, DC or Warner Brothers Animated is releasing a movie called... Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders, starring Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar is coming back as Catwoman. So this looks like it's the Batman 66 <laughs> in an animated form. Yep. 
So, yeah, it says the 90-minute feature is being released in celebration of Weston Ward's 50th anniversary with the franchise. According according to prior statements from Ward, the movie is one of possibly two, but for sure, but for sure one that Adam and I are doing are going to be doing the voices for. Yeah, so, what the other one could be probably a Lego. I don't know, but let me see here, there, there. Can you see what I'm seeing? I don't see anything. <laughs> Uh, tell you what. It just, that uh, work. It's loading up now. It's Here we go. It's starting to heat up, Batman. Oh, okay. Well, we do smell delicious. The smell of death, Robin, I'm afraid. Guess this is our last meal, Batman. You know, and this is one time I would advocate starting with dessert. I suppose it doesn't matter if we ruin our appetites now. No, Robin. Dessert is a new Batman film. Holy spoiler alert! Starring us? Correct, Robin. We're back this fall at an all-new feature-length animated movie, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Holy entree, Batman. What foes do we face? Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman. On Earth and in space. Wow! With the voices of Adam West, Burt Ward, and Julie Newmar? True. And a good crime fighter always keeps his fans informed. Stay tuned, citizens, to the Batmobile. Batman! Oh, that actually sounds sounds kind of cool. Yeah, I don't so. know. I didn't expect. I didn't expect that with the animated style. It was kind of weird because all I could still think about was the uh, live action. Yeah, that's well, interesting. It's been so many years since we've actually because I haven't watched the um, 1966 Batman series in years. Oh, dude, I haven't watched a, that series since I was a kid, and I think I was about nine, la- nine or eight was the last time I seen that. Well, like all their other movies oh, that man. Warner Brothers are putting out, you can get the digital um, HD downloads of it for October 11th and the Blu-ray comes out on November 1st. So Yeah, I think they're going to keep that pattern up, which is which I don't mind, but I don't know. I like the features on the Blu-ray so I usually just hold out. Yeah. But, but um, um Yeah, that's that, the, that was the, <laughs> That's that was interesting. Here. I'm going to have to listen to more of it cuz I I'm not going to say anything about Adam West, but does it sound almost like he was slurring a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Like, he's, how old is he? I, he's got to be in his 80s. Yeah, so it comes with old age. <laughs> yeah, but but I was if they're doing one or two of them, the second will probably be a Lego. I might be wrong, but I could definitely see them doing a Lego uh, movie for them because on the Lego video game I bought, that's one of the best levels to play is the old um, old sixty six version of them. Oh, they had that on one of the Batman Lego games. Yeah, if it was a, uh, I think it was a hidden store you had to find on the game unless you found the Lego piece you, or the area. You could play as uh, the 1966 Batman. Oh, I didn't know you that, know, Robin. I have the. Ba- I, oh, have, yes. I think I have the first two Batman Lego games. Oh, I don't. I don't think it was on the first two. I have the third one that it was. Oh, okay. On. Yeah, so he's 87 years old. Woo! He's almost 90. He actually sounds really good for 87 in um, playing Batman. Yeah, yeah I, I think the only time I've been heard Adam West in the past years was on Family Guy. Yeah, and he does so. great on that show too. Oh wait, let me. There we go. Okay, so, hey, what do you say we talk about some of the movies that just came out, though? Sounds great. So, 
everybody, if you haven't seen these yet, spoilers ahead. Now, if you listen to yes. our show, you know we spoil stuff all the time. So, our movie re- or comic reviews are spoiler filled. Our movie reviews are spoiler filled. If you're listening to this and you don't want our commentary, skip ahead to the last five minutes of the show, and you'll hear uh, what we um, are saying good when we're saying goodbye. Actually, give us the last go to the last fifteen minutes of the show, and you get a pull list. Exactly so, from the comic shop. But um, let's start off with the Killing Joke. So, you talked a little bit about the Killing Joke. I hadn't seen it yet. But um, how many times have you seen it now? Just the time, in the, one time in the theater? Yeah, just the one time. So I saw it more recently. I saw it last um, last week when I actually got the Blu-ray. And um, like you, I thought it was the killing joke part of it. The second half of the movie was, I thought, phenomenal. I loved it. It was yeah. shot for shot. It was the panel by panel of the comic book put on the screen. Oh, yeah. I mean, every the dialogue was the exact same. It was, it was great to hear that on... Just in the theater. Well, for me, the first half of the movie, which um, has the whole Batman Batgirl love and story Batgirl, thing, yeah, um, and the whole rest call, of that I story, call that the bat sex story. <laughs> well, it was almost a totally separate story because movie. that had nothing yeah. to do with that. Yeah, it was a totally separate movie. Had nothing to do with the second half. They didn't even try to tie it in. Yeah, that was one thing I was disappointed. I didn't mind the story because, uh, like I said, and. People that were complaining about it said, if you guys like the Batman animated series, there shouldn't have been a problem with what they did, because that was the same thing they've been hitting at. Yeah. The problem that I had with that was it felt too much like a different movie. Yeah. That was my... I didn't have a problem with them changing things about Batman and Batgirl after watching the movie. The storyline of that half was fine. Right. But as one cohesive movie, it wasn't cohesive. I I enjoyed both halves, but if they were two separate episodes of a show that'd be different right and the thing was i know they want to show us black girl's world and what happened to her and her getting shot what affected how it affected her but the thing was they didn't really give me too much detail into why he shot her i think yeah. i would have liked it better if i could have seen what joker had planned and they could have kept it all everything they put in there but also add what joker had planned that led him up to even wanting to do this to commissioner gordon what yeah what sparked this idea? That's what I wanted to see. Well, with Joker, the, what sparks any idea that comes to his head? It just pops in his head and he does it. That's the thing, though, but it had to be something that he... What sparked it? There's always something. It could be a kid eating ice cream. He's like, oh, I want to kill Batgirl or shoot Batgirl in the back. You know, something. There's well, something that caused it. Officially, he didn't know she was Batgirl. He was killing True. Gordon's daughter. Yeah. Or shooting I'm just saying her. Batgirl. Well, the other one that was we weird was... Um, there's something about Commissioner Gordon. He had to do this. The other one that was weird is every, all the lines that he had about shooting her was that she's paralyzed, she's paralyzed. How did he know she was paralyzed? She just shot her in the gut. That's another good point. Everything he kept saying was how, oh, I she'll never walk again and all these other things. Right. She opens the door, he shoots her, and then he they grab Gordon and leave. Right. He might have figured that out by the time she couldn't move her feet. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's possible. That. But. Maybe. But, um. No, I, one thing I really just loved about the movie, just felt like me reading The Killing Joke, except I didn't have to read it, I could listen and watch. Yeah. I mean, overall, um, I really enjoyed the movie. There was just, there's a couple criticisms that it just, it didn't flow right like that. Like I said, now I understand why they put that other, the stuff in the beginning, a lot of it was The Killing Joke itself, when you read it, it's only, what, about 35 pages? Yeah, it's not a long book. You it's only, a, about yeah, it's about minutes. the size of an, like an annual. <laughs> yeah. So it's only, the, that's why that part of the movie was only, what, 35, 40 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, this movie was short, in my opinion. 
They had to be, they because there to, wasn't that much story there. They had there. to add that stuff. Exactly. That's why I said they could have added more with the Joker. I mean... Yeah, if they'd have given more backstory to um, Joker um, about or other things like that that were setting this up, that had been different. Right. But. right. Or even Gordon set something up between... They could have set something up just between Barbara and Gore, or Commissioner Gordon. I think that would have been better than what they did with the bat sex thing. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, it was his daughter that got shot. He was well, with... Barbara Gordon. He wasn't with Batgirl. The one thing I heard Barbara got on another podcast, I forget which one, that said, because um, a lot of people are saying how, um, I've heard a lot of them saying that, well, it's actually the Batman-Batgirl thing really isn't that strange, depending on what um, age and stuff you put Batman at and things like that. But then if you think, secondly, that um, Barbara is Batman's best friend's daughter. Right. Then it gets a little creepy. <laughs> See... Like I said, for me, growing up, I watched, I, like I, I was telling my mom this yesterday, actually, a lot of people still love the 1966 Batman. Yeah. I It was weird to see Batman that campy for me, because I grew up on the animated series. Yeah. And he was darker. And in the animated series, Barbara always had a crush on Batman. Yeah. Always. Because she didn't see him as Commissioner Gordon and Batman are best friends. She saw him as just a mentor. Yeah. And she saw her father as her father, so she's not connecting the whole, oh, that's my dad's best friend. Mm-hmm. She saw him as Batman first, and when she saw him as Batman, there was something about that that sparked her, and she wanted to be just like that. Now, I understand she's a mentor, and people's like, that was her father figure. Yeah, but like I said from the animated series, she had a crush on him, then wanted to become Batgirl. So. But also in the series, there's not much that says that they actually had a relationship. For all we know, and I think they actually mentioned in the movie that it was a one-time thing. Yeah, well, that's what they also. I think that's what was in the Batman Begin comics and the Batman animated series or Batman Begin animated series. That they had they a one-time always, thing and said, "Nope, that, that that's not the right way to go." Yeah, and she also got pregnant by Bruce Wayne. I don't remember and that part. Was, it, uh, I'll, if I can find it, I'll send you the link for it, or find the comic and send, or we can probably look it up on Comics Exology. Um, okay. No, yeah, Nightwing went away for a while. This was why, if you remember in Batman animated series, Dick Grayson wasn't around a lot. This was yeah. why he wasn't around. Oh, Him and okay. Batman had a falling out because he got Barbara pregnant. She had a miscarriage. Ah. And her, she, he loved Barbara. So like I said, and now Bruce Tim, they made that too. So as some people say, they don't know what their thing is with Bruce Tim, Batgirl, and Batman. I don't know. But as I said, that's what I grew up on, so it wasn't that weird for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people that didn't watch or didn't follow it that much, I can see why it was weird for them. But for me, I'm like, oh, that's fine. I, this was all in the books and the cartoons for me as a kid. So yeah, I, well, I didn't mind that. I, I, I still love the movie. I walked out clapping, and I stayed and wanted to see if there was going to be anything else, which there was at the end credits. But um, yeah, yeah, well, I, I still enjoyed the movie. Also, well, with me, also growing up, or not growing up, I was a little older when the uh, Batman animated series was out, but I still watched every episode when it was on, and the right. Superman and all the other ones, even though I was in high school in the early 90s. But um, and it actually, as of right now, Vicky and I, my wife, are sitting down and watching through the Batman animated series when we get a chance to sit down and watch a couple episodes on Amazon. So it's uh, it's actually available free on Amazon Prime right now. So we're about halfway through the second season, or just oh, started on the third on season. Oh, okay. I, so, I, I I seen they had it uh, free to watch. I didn't know if they were going to take that off. Or no, it. it's still there right now. But, oh, cool. like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, if you just sit back and take it, even if you look at it as two separate episodes of a, um, of the a current version of the TV series of some sort, 
R-rated TV series because of the subject matter. And actually, mm-hmm. when you watch the movie, there's not that much that actually would make it R-rated as much. Yeah, there's I mean, some even- themes here and there. There's a little bit, but it's like they could have actually toned a little bit of that down and got it at PG-13 with no major problem. Yeah. yeah a little I bit don't- less blood on screen. A little, just um, a little less. Gordon, because if they, they would have the parts where Gordon actually, where they strip him naked and have him walking around, you really didn't see anything but his side. Yep, and same for Barbara and Batman. They had the sex scene. They cut away before anything exactly. really happened. There's so. no language. Was, this could yeah. have been a hard PG-13 and without any major problems. That's what I was thinking too when I went into it. I was like, this doesn't feel like an R-rating movie. <laughs> so, so, um, but. For all these movies, I brought up Box Office Mojo, and actually everybody knows this actually had a theatrical release. And I, we were both kind of surprised that it actually did per, not bad for a two-day, or they have it as a four-day release, but it was um, a one-day release with a second day added on. Um, a couple of other theaters played it later in the week. That's why it officially has a four-day release. But it made um, $3,775,000 in the two days. Sweet. So that's not bad for like a one or two showings each day. Especially for an animated movie like this. Exactly. Um, and actually, if you break it down, let's see, it had the three million. Because actually, I hadn't even thought about that. That's only like, say it had two showings per day, because most of the theaters only pl- showed it maybe one showed screen. Showed it two times. It showed it twice. Right. So you take your three. Oops, wait a minute. Yeah, no, that's right. Divided by, there, it said there was in 1,325 theaters. So each theater averaged $2,849, divide that by maybe four showings, and divide that by, what's the average, probably $10 for, or we'll make it $12 per theater, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So they had a pretty good release. If you average it, it's 59 um, people per um, screening, but Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot more people saw it on the first screen, the second screening, and things like that. A lot of places only maybe played it once, so... That's a pretty good take for a um, theatrical release of a DVD when everybody knew the Blu-ray and DVD was coming out the next day. Or at least you could get digital. Yeah, I mean, that's where most people, I think, heard about it from. And then it's like, oh, we got to play in theaters. We have to go. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have got a chance to see it in theaters, but we had other things we had to do. Um, but are you ready to move on to the next one? Yes, and now this one I think we're going to be focused on a little bit more as well. Well, the next one is the Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Edition Blu-ray. Now, um, for me, I saw the Batman v Superman in theaters. I only got to see it one time, and it wasn't really a great screening because I was sitting front row for the 3D. I was too. Oh my goodness, it sucked. But um, <laughs> I was too close to the screen. But like a lot of other people, I enjoyed the movie because I, um, even now, that this is my favorite on-screen Batman I've seen in years. I mean, the character that. Um, yeah, ben Affleck not... plays is an awesome Batman for me. And actually, we were discussing this before. It feels like the Batman we're getting in the comic books. Yeah, that's what I loved about the Ben Affleck Batman. It wasn't just a gritty... He was a dark-toned Batman, but he also had a little bit of a lighthearted side, and he talked more than I'm used to hearing most Batman speak on screen. Yeah. We've always heard Bruce Wayne have uh, have dialogue, but Batman is just a, I'm here, I'm going to attack you, beat you up, throw you in jail. Well, the latest version we had of Batman... Um, Christian Bale, you could actually make an argument that he was never not Batman. Because no. when he, he when he was in the costume, he was Batman. When he was out of the costume as Bruce Wayne, he was, he was still, still Batman. Doing Batman things, yeah. He was still Batman. I mean, he didn't change any of that. In this, Bruce, you get more Bruce Wayne than you do Batman. 
Yeah. And you actually get a lot of Bruce's motivations and stuff. Yeah, you could definitely tell this was a movie more so to focus on Batman because we haven't seen... And they did speak about this before. Zack Snyder was trying to introduce us to a new Batman, so we're going to focus more on Bruce Wayne and the Batman concept. Well, also, it's been documented many, many times that Zack Snyder is a huge Batman fan, way more than he is Superman. But... I don't know. I like I liked his Man of Steel really good too. I know, but I really really like that uh, depiction of him. And then he did really good on Batman. Yeah. Well, um, we uh, moving from Batman. We also got um, Wonder Woman. What what was your thoughts on Wonder Woman in this? Wonder Woman stole the show. I mean, I I I knew already that Batman Ben Affleck. I hated at first Ben Affleck was playing him. Then I saw it and I said, you know what? He did really really good. And Mm -hmm. I gave him a chance before I went into the movie. Uh, Gal Gadot, I was like, I don't know how she's gonna be. I don't know if they're gonna, how much dialogue are they gonna give her. She, at first, I was like, she doesn't even look the part. She blew me away. She was, I like Batman, but Wonder Woman, I have to give the best performance to. Yeah, Wonder Woman, I thought and, was awesome. It was spot on. And I loved her theme music. Every time I seen her on screen, that da 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 da. Yeah, it, I, I love that. It, Wonder Woman the, was perfect. And you see from the trailer, they use that same music for the trailer for the new Wonder <laughs> Woman movie coming next um, June, isn't it? And that and that gave me chill bumps when I if you seen the ending of that. I was like, oh yeah. yes, finally. So Wonder Woman was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, Superman what? was Henry Cavill was basically the same we had in um, Man of Steel. Yeah, and I, I just want to say that the theatrical version of the Superman, I hate it. I really did. Yeah. Because when 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 the was that not the White House? What was that that blew up? Um, uh, the Capitol building. When that blew up, he walked outside, looked around, and flew off in the sky. I was thinking, yeah. You mean to tell me Superman didn't want? He didn't even check on anybody. That's not Superman. And then in the um, unrated or ultimate edition, he helped people. I'm like, why did we get yeah, they that? Show him carrying bodies out and helping people, the survivors yes, and stuff. That's Superman. Um, yes, that was much better, more like Superman. Um, well, the Ultimate Edition did that for all the characters, it seems like. It fleshed them out a lot more. It seemed like whoever did the theatrical cut and did the editing didn't know the story or didn't know the characters, one or the other. I think it was a little bit of both, actually, because the characters were off on that. Like I said, Superman. Um, and it, I don't know if it was just me, but I like Lex Luthor better in the Ultimate Edition. I don't know why. Well, you Maybe get a lot wa- more. I've watched get, it so much. You get a lot more of his motivations, and you see a lot more of him um, planning things behind the scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, you get a lot more uh, of him being manipulative and actually causing everything to happen. Because from the first scene of that movie, he's already manipulating the behind the scenes. Right. But and, in the theatrical version, a lot of that gets cut out. Yeah, and he was just like, "Hey, I'm this guy here. I don't like Superman. Why don't you like Superman? I don't like Superman." And they didn't explain it. It's just yeah. like, "Okay, is this alien? Why?" And here we, I think we got more uh, him discussing his father, and we, and here they let you know this is not Lex Luthor. This is Alex Luthor. You no, know? this is this is still this is Lex Luthor. It well, that's the thing. It's Lex Luthor, but it's not the Lex Luthor we knew. His father died, and his name was Lex Luthor. So I'm thinking. No, I'm still thinking this is the Lex Luthor we know from the comic books and everything else. Do you think so? Yeah, it just I happened that his dad's name was Lex, also. Maybe, maybe because so. uh, Lex Luthor's father had a different name. So yeah, well, it depends I, on what incarnation. In Smallville, he had a different name, and all you know what I mean. Yeah. So and now um, I gotta look that one up. I'll just look that for my own personal game. But um, I did really like also that we actually got to see more Clark Kent. Yes, and being caught being a reporter, mm-hmm. uh, we got to see him more than like two minutes in just glasses. We actually got about I want to say rough eight to ten minutes altogether of him as Clark. Yeah, might have been more. 
Well, the um, what I'm wondering, actually, looking to the future, because we know Justice League is coming. Um, we know we've seen the teasers. Um, have you put the teasers up on your Instagram feed yet about the new suit? No, not yet. I didn't know if we were going to get well, to it. So we can talk, about, talk that about that a little bit. Henry Cavill put up on his Instagram. You told me that I've seen the pictures yep. of a black Superman suit. Yep. Now, we know this movie was the death of Superman story and the Dark Knight Returns a little bit, but it was more the death of Superman story. It was the um, Dawn Which of Justice. Which was very surprising. I, I, that's another thing I did like about uh, both versions of it. I was not expecting to have that much of a feel for something I already knew was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I knew they were probably going to do the death of Superman, but I was like, eh, I'm already preparing myself. When it happened, it still gave me the same feeling I felt when I read the book. It was like, oh, they really killed Superman. I know he's coming back, but wow, he's dead. Yeah, but you still watching him die. <laughs> right, yeah, that was but, the thing. Um, watching him, is, it was, it was uh, heartbreaking. Well, we so we see the black suit, and anybody who saw it, read the original, if you've not read it, go to your library, go to the comic shop, get the Death of Superman story. There's three trades that they've put out, or I think it's four now, because I believe they, um, in the newer versions, they split the reign of the Superman. But um, you had the Death of Superman, the Funeral for a Friend, which was another full set that was basically about um, the world coping with the fact that Superman's dead. And then you had a huge volume of the reign of the Superman when there was four Supermen that took su- our regular Superman's place. That was so but, much Superman. When Superman does come back in that, he originally comes back in a black suit with a silver S on it. Yep. And it looks like we're going to get that in Justice League. The, now my, the thing I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Continue. I'll tell you after. Well, you're done. my question is, when Superman comes back, do we get the same um, Henry Cavill Superman we've had for two movies, or yeah, do we get the new Superman, Superman from the, or do we get the classic Superman from the comics? That's what I was Henry Cavill because... is the new is closer to the new Superman from the comics of the um, New Fifty Two, correct? Oh yeah. Well, this, this, do we that, get the, more of a personality of the original Superman? I hope so, because with the death of Superman, him being reborn again or coming back to life, just maybe he can become a little nicer. Like, hey, this is how I see the world now. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as just I'm an alien trying to walk around with humans. I am of this earth. And also, um, maybe we get less of the whole. Um, godlike figure or messiah type figure or savior of the world and more of actually just a man trying to help out because it's the right thing to do yeah and this was something i said when i first saw the man still i was like i see why they did this it's fans of superman will always be fans of superman but uh newer audience that's not really familiar with superman a lot of them think he's corny yeah but they were in new 52 they did the same thing they tried to make him different but in doing so Forget the people that don't want to see it. If they don't want to see it, that's their problem. But for the fans that always are going to be by your side, you have to keep them happy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they killed him off in the books, in the New 52 Superman, and brought the old classic Superman back. And I hope they do that with the films, because it seemed like they're trying to tie in the classic feel of the characters, mix them with the New 52 stories. Yeah. Which is, I don't mind the stories. The one thing that bothered me most in New 52 was their characters were gone. I don't know yeah. who these new characters were. Um, well, I'm probably going to alienate some people and make some people upset or something, but, um, Mm -hmm. I had an idea halfway through that. Mm -hmm. Let me remember. Uh Uh-oh. But, um, it had to do with Superman. Oh, it seems like the people you had mentioned, um, the people that are like, well, Superman's too bland. He's too boring. He's just, I've noticed it seems like, yeah, he's too overpowered. It seems like most people that I've heard say that don't read Superman. No, they don't. Or they've read very, very little Superman comics. Yeah, well, people who have actually that, read Superman comics and are fans of Superman see that yes, 
power on a power meter, he's off the chart. Right. But there are vulnerabilities. But They're just not physical. The best way his vulnerability and the best way I can uh, describe this is have you I don't know what book this is from. I really just started getting into Superman comics. Um, I read so little when I was young because it's really hard to find them for a good price. Yeah. <laughs> um, he saved this girl. This might have been in Superman All Star. I don't don't quote me to that, but it was in something new modern. He saved this girl from committing suicide. That's All Star Superman. Yes, I still have to read okay. it, but I know what it, I know okay, what, so where that's you're where going from. Yeah, that right there is like, see, that's something I don't think they would ever put in the movie. Now, the best thing I got from Superman being actually Superman in the Man of Steel was when he was a kid. Yeah. The way he his dad was like, you can't reveal yourself, you can't do this. Superman didn't care because all he cared about was saving people. Exactly. Now, when he got older and then people were saying, oh, he destroyed all these billion people inside it, I can see why people were a little upset about it. Yeah, he's a, he's a superhero with all his power and cause destruction, but inside he's still good. And the thing about Man of Steel and, uh, or Batman vs. Superman, I could tell this with New 52 Superman, his whole... Uh, Caring for life seemed to kind of go out the window. Yeah. Same well, for Batman. Actually, the Ultimate Edition brings some of that back. Because in the Ultimate Edition, you see a lot more of, um, like I said, they're bringing back Lex's stuff. There's a lot more of Lex, like um, the village where they're, um, you see a lot more in the desert village in the beginning where um, the KG Beast is actually killing all the soldiers there and left them in a pile. So that, um, and then they're gone. By the time everybody else shows up, Superman's been in and out, and it looks like Superman killed all these people. Right. They're setting him up. If you look at all yeah. the other, everything else, all the way down the line, everything that people criticize Superman about, he's taking it to heart, not realizing that Lex Luthor did most of that stuff to set him up. Exactly. Yeah, that's another thing I liked about it. They showed more so his sorrow. Exactly. He's being bothered by this, but it's not something he actually did. This was Lex doing this. Then you get the other side of Lex manipulating Batman, pointing yeah. out all these flaws and stuff in Superman. Now, he could destroy yeah. everything. Look at all these other things he's done, even though Lex did all of it. Yeah, and uh, my cousin, she was like, um, Batman would never let Lex um, do that because he's smarter than Lex. But as I was telling her, there's three. I don't know if I told her this, but I know I've told you this. There's been three smart DC characters. Three smartest DC characters was Batman, Lex, yeah, we've and talked about Terrific. It. Right. So Lex can pull the wool over Batman's eyes a little bit well, before also, he realizes, oh. Also, what they show in this movie is that this we're working with a Batman who, um, going into this movie, was already broken. Yes. That's the other thing that was different. It's like, this Batman is still getting over the grief of uh, Jason Todd dying. He's getting over that. Um, the whole attack with Zod and the destruction of Metropolis. He was in the middle of that. So he's True. already looking through a red haze of anger for all this stuff going on that he's getting harder and harder. That's why you're getting the Batman who's branding villains. You got a guy that's putting people in hospitals instead of in jail. Yeah. And I see why some people didn't like that because it wasn't your normal Batman, but well, this wasn't the same Batman. He's broken. Yes. <laughs> you get the farther he goes in that direction, the easier it is to manipulate what he's doing because he's not paying attention to what's happening now. He's paying exactly. attention to where he wants to be and what and, his goals are going to be. And I, I know the movie was already three hours with the uh, Ultimate Edition, but that movie, they could have even went further into uh, depth with these characters. And the movie could have been uh, three hours and 30 minutes. You know, yeah. like, In my opinion, as I said before, the movie should have been two parts anyway. 
Um, but I don't know if people would have wanted to go back to the second one. probably why they tried to cut it down and then make the ultimate cut, which I yeah. completely understand. But as a fan, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of what happened with Bruce Wayne and more of what exactly took him to this. I guess this. I want to see Jason Todd's death. Well, more than likely, that may be what death. we're getting with the Batman movie. And speaking of that, this also ties into our next movie we're going to go into. But um, in Suicide Squad, they had a scene where Joker and Harley were killing uh, Jason. Ah. But they took it out. Um, I, I, we'll get more into this when we get on the Suicide Squad. But yeah, that they have shot a scene she, scene for that. So okay. somewhere I think we're going to get that. Hopefully in the next Batman movie. Hopefully they're saving that. That's yeah. why they cut it from Suicide Squad. So um, I'm trying to think. What else do we want to hit on Batman v Superman right now? Oh man, we've talked about so much. Well, we've talked about everything else before in the theatrical one, the Ultimate Edition. Oh, yeah. there's one thing I wanted to hit on. Um I did enjoy how they said, oh, his wheelchair. Superman couldn't see a bomb, but he has x-ray vision. What kind of superhero is he? Found out that the wheelchair was covered with lead. Exactly. If I remember right, that, the was bomb. Not, yeah, that wasn't in that the That was theatrical. not in the movie. No, yeah. that was not in the theater. So it was that a lead-lined wheelchair. So that's, yeah, the whole scene where Lois, in the Ultimate Edition, anybody who hasn't seen it, Lois actually has a friend in the FBI or somewhere that's, she, well, a, a someone she's talking to that's giving her all this evidence, the bullet that you actually do see in the theatrical edition, she has all the information about that whole scene about her getting the information about that's not in the movie on the theatrical. Is no, it? any no, of those the, scenes the female, with that other, blonde, um, yeah, the blonde girl, she's not even in the theatrical. Movie none of that's in all. there. And she's the one that gives Lois the bullet and analyzes it and tells her that it's this, um, experimental type bullet that shouldn't exist. She's the one that tells Lois about the wheelchair and how um, the wheelchair that exploded in the Capitol building was lined with lead. So the Superman could not see the bomb. It wasn't that he wasn't paying attention. And here, and that's another one that um, Superman is actually doubting himself thinking I should have seen this coming. I should have, I, I have all these powers. Why could I not see a bomb sitting there? And that's when he starts thinking, I'm not a real superhero. This S didn't mean anything or something like that, he said. So, So. um, yeah, that was the last thing I can think of that. There were just so many points in the movie that was uh, in the Ultimate Edition that was taken out. Like, these were 30-second scenes. Exactly. They could have kept them in there, in my opinion, for about 30 seconds. They wouldn't have heard anything. Also, um, what I was wondering is um, the Ultimate Edition got an R rating. Why? What was added to uh, it that made it already? There was one F-bomb. Ben Affleck's butt. No, yeah, you can see Ben Affleck taking a shower <laughs> so you see his butt. You get one F-bomb dropped. Other yeah, that than that... And it, Once it, again, you didn't see this as an R-rated movie, did you? No. Yeah. I, I'm getting that with DC. It's like rated R. It's like, But it doesn't feel like a rated R movie. They're still making a hard PG-13, <laughs> yep. which is fine. I don't want them to make an R-rated um, Superman movie. Or even most of the yeah, Batman movies, here. you don't need an R rating on need this. R rated, yeah. Especially when you look at, um, I heard a story about uh, um, little kid uh, or about a seven eight year old kid at a pool was talking. Um, it was actually the Star Wars report I was listening to today, and they were doing an interview with um, Steve Glosson, which no one listening to the show probably has any idea who I'm talking about. But um, Riley, the guy who's that runs the Star Wars Report, was talking to Steve of just about different things, and they were doing a regular interview. It wasn't actually a Star Wars show, but mm-hmm. Riley works at a pool down in or down in Georgia, and um, a community pool. And was talking to one of the little kids there because um, Riley, being a podcaster like us, is on the internet all the time. 
is always seeing what the internet's saying. Not, and it's interesting, he said, to get the idea from people who are not on the internet and what their opinion of things like these movies and stuff is, especially when you look at like little kids. This kid was seven or eight years old and they were talking about superheroes and he was just giving the kid a hard time because the kid, um, really loved the, he actually loved the Batman v Superman movie. And he loved Batman. He loved Superman. And um, Riley's just giving him a hard time. Well, it was terrible, and it was this. He's just giving the kid a hard time, like you do. Right. And um, he actually asked the kid. Is like finally, he's like, well, you had Batman versus Superman, and you have um, Civil War were the two big ones that came out. Right. Which one did you like better? The kid's like seven years old, and um, it came basically came down to he loved he liked Batman v Superman better because he loved the characters that were in it. He saw his Batman. He saw Superman. Yeah. Civil War didn't talk to him as much. So that's why it's like these movies don't need an R rating. Because you have whole other generations of kids coming up in here saying um, that are loving these movies. And that's your next generation of filmmakers. Yeah. This guy's going to be continuing this for all, forever to the future. Yeah, I was going to talk about that on our next one. Uh, go more into the R rating thing. But yeah, for a Batman and Superman movie, it does not need to be rated R because their kids love him too much. Yeah. Both of them. Wonder Woman. All three of them. The Trinity. That doesn't need to be radar. If there's radar, what young generation is going to see it? These, yeah. These kids are growing up with these characters. Like me, you, and now they're making exactly. a new show. That we have the video games. So that's teen. I can't wait for that new show. That new show is going to be awesome. I got to figure out how to watch it because I don't have regular cable. Oh, crap. You're right. Same here. Maybe they have it on uh, Cartoon Network, hopefully. Hopefully, or maybe it'll be on Hulu. Or Netflix. Netflix seems to get a lot of Cartoon Network shows. um, uh, Actually, let me go back to real quick. Batman v Superman, we gave the numbers for for Killing Joke. Batman v Superman. And I was also going to ask a rating, too. Huh? I was also going to ask what your your rating be, either like a 5, a 5, a 10 out of 10. Depends on where the scoring is, because for me, the greatest superhero film of all time ever made, and my personal pantheon of the greatest, I believe, I don't know, remember if we talked about it on here or not, but for me, when it comes to superhero films, I put them up against the original Superman the movie with um, Christopher Reeve. That, for we'll me, never... is the greatest superhero movie ever made. The thing is, I think the only time we're going to get anything close to that is probably from the Supergirl TV show, Superman. Maybe, yeah. And that's only going to be for like but, two episodes. Yeah, that's like, that's... On a scale of 1 to 5, that's a 15. Yeah. But See, this one, um, out of the current <laughs> current d- movies, I'd probably give this a strong 3.5, almost a 4. It was not for, fantastic, but it was still good. Yeah. It was above average. <laughs> yeah. for um, From the theatrical version, I gave the movie a 6, maybe a 7. Well, see, I'm 10. going out of 5. Out of 10, I would probably, I'd be closer to like a 6, a 7, 7.5. Seven Okay, I'm I'm gonna do up to ten. Um, I before I gave it a six, I give it a seven now. It, okay. it it just it made so much more. It just made more sense. Just the scenes they put in those thirty second scenes filled me in on so much. Out of a two hour movie, thirty seconds help. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll give it that. Um, I still wish the characters. But I know they were different, but I was still going into this movie. Wanting to see the characters made the way I'm used to. I know what happened with Batman and Superman, so they're a little broken. I think that's why Wonder Woman I love a lot, because there's nothing to make her broken. That was just Wonder Woman being Wonder Woman. Exactly. So, And that made me like the movie a lot more. I went back into it loving Lex more than I expected. And I don't know, people were complaining about Doomsday being a whole movie. With the As we said, 
with the way fans are with Superman, I don't think a Superman solo film with him and Doomsday would have made as much money as the Batman vs. Superman. So I think it was a good idea they mix that together now that I'm yeah. seeing the ultimate cut. Um, but that, that's all I had to say for that. I give the movie a 7 out of 10. Cool. And I'll be watching again. I watched this movie, by the way, guys, three times when I got the ultimate cut. That's well, nine hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, the um, the official final worldwide gross for theaters is in, and this movie actually had a budget of $250 million, mm-hmm. and it brought in $872 million. Okay, so it that. definitely made its money back plus some. That's why we're getting Justice League and Suicide Squad right. and, all, and Wonder right. Woman and all these other ones. Now, it's funny what you're saying because the next movie we're going to hit – it's still going way further now. Well, Batman vs Superman made that eight, that eight, uh, that eight million, eight hundred million. Um, that was in the two weeks time span, and it stopped. It it stopped. It, there was no more money. It was still in that range. Who? Well, next what, we were wait, talking. Wait, which about, one? You saying the Batman vs Superman? No, that's in the yeah. full. That's in the full release. I mean, up until now. Oh, up a, okay, okay. That's up until okay, now. Okay. Worldwide full gross that they've every dollar that they made for that movie before it closed. Was eight hundred seventy-two million, and that was in theaters or that's worldwide in theater. Oh, okay, yeah, that was about yeah, that was in about a two weeks time span. They made all that. Well, no, because they it was it was out in theaters for about two months. No, no, I know, but the they reached they were very close. I think they were around like seven around there, and then when it kept going, they finished with eight. So that's what I'm saying. It didn't it didn't get any higher than what it did when it first came out. Oh, okay. But with our next movie, it's still climbing. Ah, okay. That's Wait a minute. Here say. we go. Now, this is interesting. Uh huh. What you got? Um. Yeah. They they have actually the bi-weekly numbers. Batman v Superman. In the first mm-hmm. weekend or the first week, they made two hundred and nine million. Right. Sixty four million in the second weekend week. Okay. Twenty nine in the third. Eleven seven four. So it dropped off as they're going. But yeah. this one has fourteen or twelve weeks in the theater is what it says it ran. It felt longer than twelve weeks. Okay. So and that was actually just the domestic. That that was just in America only. It made three hundred thirty million. Okay. So, but, but um, let's move on to the next one. Yes, yes. Let's talk. Now, this I have notes for. I know we talked a lot about Batman vs. Superman, but you can't help but do that. This one, I'm going to go in for, guys. You guys have got to gotta strap in and be with me. This was a movie I've been waiting for for a year, and it just came out. I've seen it twice now, and I've got notes for this thing. Well, before, before we get deep into it, what's your mm-hmm. first impression of Suicide Squad? I loved it. The first time I seen it, I still was clapping at the movie theater. I was looking for everybody else to start clapping, but it wasn't. The theater in Atlanta only holds 36 people. So it wasn't That's that it? big of. Yeah. The theater we were in, only 36 people. How many screens were they showing it on in that place, though? Uh, oh, man. I can't remember. I want to say, I know it was at least three. I know that. Um, and one of those, no, it was two for standard and two for 3D. So four altogether. Wow. And another and another for IMAX, or was one 3D, one IMAX, and two standards? Oh, okay. I really can't remember, but they, they had a good variety of it. It wasn't too much, but the seats, they did not hold a lot. <laughs> hmm. But you could recline all the way back. My father went there, and he was thinking that's a bad idea because somebody will fall asleep while watching a movie. <laughs> but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I loved the first time I seen it. I walked out. I enjoyed it. Um, some things with the pasting I did not like the first time. I was the first time too. I was going in more so as a movie critic instead of a big fan. I said, "Let me just critique this movie because I've seen all the reviews it was getting." And after I walked out of there, I still don't think the reviews—they shouldn't have had that many bad reviews from the critics. Yeah. It wasn't that bad of a movie. They were acting like this was a 
uh, Sharknado on big screen. I mean, for Shark, what Sharknado is, it's a goofy thing, but at the end of the day, you're like, come on. Yeah. This well, was a great movie. Mine, I went and saw it and, um, with Vicky. Um, I had a good time. For me, uh, when I rate a movie, usually it's, did I have a good time watching it? And this was mm-hmm. fun. I'm not a right. big fan of the villains. We know, we've discussed this before. I'm the, I'm more I'm your Batman, Flash, Green Arrow or Green Lantern, the right. big bright shiny guys. Those are right. my the ones I like a lot. But this was fun, and actually the the um, villains they picked, some of the characters they gave to these villains, gave them enough upside that I had a fun time talking about it or watching it. Oh yeah, that, well that was a thing about the uh, movie too for me. Every single character, every actor and actresses portrayed their character perfectly. Um, they made me enjoy it. I had fun with them. The problem I have with Batman vs. Superman, I was holding my chin the whole time, like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. It was too intense. Yeah. The Suicide Squad, I could go in, I had fun, I loved the soundtrack for it, I laughed, I giggled. It was just a good time of a movie. <laughs> yeah, this one was just, like you said, it was fun. Um, For me, well, what was your favorite character? El Diablo. El Diablo? El Diablo still... I, out of all the characters, and I think even in the comic books, he's the newest character. He's only been around since the New 52, okay. so about, what, five or six years? And I don't know too much about him from the books, so there's not that much material. And he blew me away. And from what I found out, his origin from the books and story wasn't too different from the movie. So I was like, oh, man, I'm definitely more now going to – I'm going to look more into him as a comic book character now. Well, it seems um, from what I've seen from Suicide – especially the newer Suicide Squad that's come out in the last couple weeks – They've, the origins for the comic book and the movie are almost identical for almost everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They Well, with the Harley Quinn backstory, they literally took the first half of the movie when she was within this, in the asylum with Joker. Mm-hmm. That was from the original animated series, and that was where her origin actually came from. Yeah. Uh, and then when he put when she went to the bath of uh, chemicals, I liked the movie's interpretation better than I did the comic book because in the comic book, Joker pushed her into the chemicals. Yeah, and here she jumped willingly. Yeah, he might have said some words to uh, persuade her to get in there, but he didn't have to physically do anything to I her. He she did that her. all. Not no. In the comics, he did. In New Fifty Two comic books, he did push her. And here he said, "Do you want to? What was it? Do you want to die for me?" She said, "Yes." He said, "No, no, no that's too easy. Do you want to live for me?" And ah. he let her go, and by her own will. And I thought, see. I love that because most people think Joker and Harley have a dysfunctional relationship. They do. Don't get they me wrong. Do. Let me rephrase that. They have an abusive relationship. Not always. They, well, this not comic, always well, like yeah, that. but this comic showed that they do have an abusive relationship in this. They do, but not always. When he first found her, he was not abusive. They were in love. Over time, when she started messing up more plans, that's when he started to hit her or treat her bad. But you got to remember, this was the first time they were meeting. This was their origin, so they had to keep that lovey-dovey relationship. Yeah. That's um well for me my favorite character in the whole thing was um Deadshot. I love Oh that. okay that was, he does okay. um he's a what is it about he's a killer. Him? He's a mercenary. But he's yeah. got a code of honor of his own. Yes, he does. He's not doing this just cuz he likes to kill people. He he's doing this to give his daughter a better life. Yeah. And this is he, he's, he makes good money. Yeah. And that, and it's I, not always it's been like that but in the books it's close to it. And I going into this I'm like Will Smith is playing Deadshot. I love Will Smith as an actor, so I don't have a gripe with him. But I still went in there thinking this is going to be Will Smith mm-hmm. portraying Deadshot. He became Deadshot. He he put his own twist to it. But overall, this was Deadshot. Yeah. Um, 
when he was in jail, when he was with Batman, speaking of which, I got chills when I saw the cape come down. When you heard the gliding. Oh, um, yeah. And he, he went into the alley and he said, I don't want to do this in front of your daughter. I was like, oh, no, this this, this is awesome. Um, one thing out of my notes I have, I wanted to say, I loved how this com- this was a comic book Batman. When have you ever seen the bat cuffs in a, the uh, last 20 years on film of Batman? Yeah. That was comic book. <laughs> that, well, that's, that I, this whole show was comic book. Look, Amanda Waller. That was a that was straight out of the picture, the comic pages or the um, Justice League Unlimited. Amanda Waller. This yeah. is the Amanda Waller we've had for what twenty, thirty years. Yeah. Well, that was the thing about this whole movie. Like I said, I went in here as a critic to a certain extent. I was mm-hmm. still like, I've been waiting for the movie, but there's certain things I like. I didn't like the pacing. I went into it again because I this is actually when I bought Suicide Squad, uh, Captain Boomerang, El Diablo. And I was reading that, and then I also um, had the Suicide Squad Rebirth, and I'm reading the book. Then I went and saw the movie again with my mom when I got back into Akron. That felt exactly like a comic book. There was I know the pacing was quick, but in the comics with the Suicide Squad, they gave you an origin, gave you a backstory in about two panels, maybe three. Next page, another one. Then, boom, you're going back to the main story. Then you get another backstory. Then it go it jumps around because it's a comic book. They got to fill you in on everything really fast, but they have to do it in a way where you can still get it in that short amount of time. And the movie did that. Exactly. This like I said, overall now I had some a couple of issues with it a little bit. Um mm-hmm. one was it was it seemed a little light on story. Oh yeah. You basically um, you get well, about 10 minutes of origins for a couple of the characters and yeah. then they're on their first mission, and they're actually, that's, the whole movie is this mission. Yeah. Um, I had an issue with the mission, the way they, the ending of it, uh, before, uh, we'll, we'll, I won't get to that right now, I'll do that when we get later on in the movie, but, um, no, the beginning part of the pacing of it, I didn't like, because it was like, like Enchantress, it was like, okay, she was a, she's a, um, archaeologist, she got stuck in this cave, how does she, I want to see what happened throughout, made her want to go to this specific jungle, what was it, did she know? There was something ancient there, or she just literally stumbled across of it because it was just randomly there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to see more of El Diablo backstory with what he was doing in his city, and I really wish they put more of Katana in there. Yeah. Well, Katana was because just kind of there. I didn't want her to be just yeah. there. I wanted to, I wanted to see what's your backstory, and then we she was like, oh, yeah, second, my husband. Yeah, we got a 30-second origin, and that was it. That was too short. That was way too short for Katana. Yeah. Um, Killer Croc, we didn't get a backstory for him. He needed a better backstory than Katana because he was actually on the team. I know Katana was on there too, but she wasn't a villain. I wanted to see what made Killer Croc as a kid, what made him be so mean. Mm-hmm. Was it the kids picking at him? Was he a bully? Like, you could have had different takes on this. You could have switched it up a little bit from what we're used to in the books. This was a perfect time to reinduce Killer Croc, but yeah. we just see him in well, the cage. This is all stuff that they can do in the future, too, because there's already been talks of different uh, movies for each of the characters, too, here and there. True. And I think we're going to get that with this Batman. We might see more of that in the Batman movie. Yeah. But the two the two origin stories they focused on that I thought they did really good was Jared Leto's Joker's backstory with Harley Quinn and Deadshot. And I want to say, this was in my notes, why... I know Joker was... Uh, he was casted to be more of a... Mm, how can I put this? The gangster? Bro, yeah, and I love that, but in the trailer, we thought we were going to see more of him. I like that they didn't show too much Joker. Yeah. If they show too much Joker, 
He would have outshined every other character. See, that's the one character I wasn't fond of in this whole thing. I didn't like I, this portrayal of Joker. For me, I, it almost they tried to make they almost made him too sympathetic. And the Joker, you can't have him be a sympathetic villain. See, I have to disagree with that because in Killing Joke, that's all I felt was sympathy for him. He was the hero in that, and I felt like Batman was somewhat of the antagonist. Mm. So, I for me, this this is for me. I don't know about everybody else, and there's people probably I know they're going to disagree with me, but I've already seen Joker sympathetic. Yeah. So I with this I didn't in this movie I didn't see him sympathetic at all. I just saw I just really I thought he was cool. I just loved this Joker. Uh, see, this for me the, in this the whole his whole motivations and the whole thing uh, for the present time, his the whole everything he's doing in the movie that they do show. Is to try to save his girl. Right. Those I are like, like noble means. That's not Joker. No. Um, everything he's basically, um, and actually I've heard it pointed out that really, if you had one character that's like the savior in the movie, he's here. His whole job in the movie is to save people. In this mm-hmm. movie, it was Joker. That's that doesn't feel like Joker to me. See, this felt like the reason why I felt like Joker to me because he wasn't trying to save everybody else. He was trying to just save Harley. And here's the but reason still. why he tried. <laughs> But here's the reason why he tried to save Harley, and he, and this I've seen in two different ways. He's seen her as a possession and also a weapon, and he saw her. That's really it. As when he, to me, when he was walking away from her when she fell into the uh, chemicals, he was like, "Okay, I'm done with her." I think I like this girl because she's crazy like me. Well, see, and if I can break her, like, and if I can break her this bad, she's more crazier than I am, or she could be more of a weapon than I am. And that's always what Joker used her for was a weapon. He was, she was his main bodyguard. See, the whole thing I saw with it was um, it was a love story between Harley and Joker the whole time. It's like, that d- that doesn't feel like Joker to me. See, I have to disagree again. Because everything well, with Harley that. and Joker is a love story. A dysfunctional the, love story, yeah, but, but it's a love story. It's like when she Mad falls in the vat of acid, he dives in yeah. to save her. Yeah. He's constantly saving her from all these things. It's like, that doesn't feel like Joker. Jo- it's not crazy enough. It may just be See, the um, I'm I'm like I like the older versions of Joker. I like like Jack Nicholson was an awesome Joker. I can't see like Heath yeah. Ledger's Joker doing something like that. You know. See that's that's the thing I was gonna say, and I'll probably like I say probably disagree with me on this. Out of all the Jokers I've seen on screen, this was to me the most comic book feel Joker. When I say feel Joker, I didn't know what he was going to do. I had no idea what his motives were. I knew by the by the end of it, he wanted to say probably Quinn. Duh. But and the time of everything that was going on i had no clue what he was going to do yeah and that's to me what joker is and i guess this also goes back to me in the animated series in the animated series that was probably the lighter lightest tone joker i've ever seen joker was silly fun devious destructive but he still you could laugh with him you had fun with him yeah Jack but also, Nicholson, I have, he would I have that joker Jack there Nicholson would not too. have tried to save harley as much because there's a couple times in the show that he's like well oh harley's left behind oh well move on he kind of, well, he showed that in the movie. He did. He left her in the car. But he still came back for her. Eventually, but even in the cartoon, he eventually came back for her. So. So that, that's what I'm saying. I, I didn't. I didn't see a problem at all with their relationship. I was like, this is the beginning of the animated series. Yeah. Now, when we got further into the animated series, they were abusive. But give me a time when they first showed her and him. When did he hit her? When did he hate? When he was still into her in the beginning. Well, in the comic or in the cartoon, they couldn't show any of the other stuff anyway. True, but that's where was she created from, though. They didn't show her origin in the cartoon. They showed it in the comic books. No, no, they showed it in the cartoon. Didn't the cartoon they? was the first time they sh- Yeah, I have to go back because wait, um, well, wait, no, no it wasn't comic- in the co- cartoon. Yeah, it was in the, the comics. The comic book was the first one of her origin, but the cartoon was the first time they ever created her. 
Yeah, she showed up in the comics as Harley Quinn. Right. But in the cartoon, she was already known as Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. But um, still in the cartoon, when before the book came out, when was he abusive toward her? In the cartoon, he wasn't. They couldn't show any of that anyway. It was well, just she was as crazy as he was. Right. Well, that was the. I guess I'm saying the first time we ever seen her was in the cartoon. Now, when we got her origin story, mm-hmm. it was in uh, Mad Love. But that was also based off the animated series as well. So I guess I'm saying is over time, he became abusive and more crazy toward her. But at the beginning of it, he was in love with her. And he still is in love with her. Even in the Suicide Squad Sultan or Batman Sultan Arkham was the Suicide Squad in the animated film. He he treated her bad. But when it came to, oh, I see she's out here for another guy, Deadshot, I want her back now. So when I seen certain things when Joker left her in the water when Batman got her, Batman's going to save her, so I don't need to do it. Um, when he came back to save her because he wanted her as a more of a possession, when Common looked at her, that's when he was like, "Uh uh-oh, now I got to show off. That's mine. That's not yours. So I still felt the whole, he's not really in love with her as much as people think he is. He's in love with the fact that he has her. Possibly. If that makes any sense. It's just, it's a totally different take on any Joker I've ever seen. So it just, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't what I like to see for Joker. Yeah, but but for me this was the most comic book feel Joker yeah. because it, it, he was I could laugh with him and I could also see the destructive side toward him. With Peace Ledgers, I just felt nothing but destruction. There was no yeah. I could relate. I couldn't relate to that character whatsoever. But he was good to watch. Um, and with Jack Nicholson, it's Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson was the to me Jack Nicholson was probably the best Joker because of the way Jack Nicholson is. That's his personality. Exactly. But the thing the thing that I really like from both from all three, Jack Nicholson played Jack Nicholson at Joker. He wasn't Joker. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Heath Ledger was a different, completely dark Joker. This Jared Leto Joker to me was the best Joker because I could actually laugh with what he was doing. Certain things he would do to Harley, certain things he did to Common, certain things he did to whatever the guy was at the uh, asylum. Yeah. I just could, I could relate to this Joker more. Okay. So that might that might be why I just felt more of a relation toward them. Maybe because he was a younger Joker. I don't know. Well, do you think that we may um, get an extended cut of this once they finally release it? Because there was, I guess, I a lot of things so. that were cut out of this. There was, I have it right here. There was 23 scenes cut out. 23. I think that's more than Batman versus Superman. It's possible. Um, but, yeah, we didn't see Joker when he uh, – I'm just putting all this into perspective, trying to figure out what parts went where. Have you, did you see the toy uh, Hot Toys made? It was uh, the Batman Joker. It was Batman, Ben Affleck, but he had the Joker smile, tattoos, ha, 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 written Earl Cross. No, I've not seen that. Um, it was online. People were talking about it. They thought that was going to be in the movie. And Hot Toys do not – they do not make a toy just because they're making a toy. It has to have something to do with the movie. Okay. So I'm thinking from the trailer when Joker's plane went down, and in the trailer you saw Joker holding a gun to somebody, and his half his face looked a little smudged or burnt. I'm thinking he was inside – Underneath underneath the ground, when Chantress is getting everybody's mind of what they wanted to see, I think Joker's uh, dream was him being Batman or Batman being Joker, whichever, or Batman going crazy like he was. And I think that's where that hot toy came from. We didn't see that at all. So it was just certain things like that. It was like you guys put promotion toward the movie, but we didn't even see it in the film. Okay. Uh, that was probably my biggest issue with the film was that, that it was certain scenes I felt they should have kept. Well, we'll um, find out when they release it and see what this the bonus features are i guess so and 
this is what I was talking about the R rating. I think Suicide Squad should have been rated R, but I can see why it wasn't. Yeah. Out of all the characters in DC, not to compete, but that's what the Marvel DC has been competing for years in the comics, so they're doing yeah. the movies too. Uh, I think Suicide Squad was trying, there was probably going to be the closest thing we could get to Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool. They hit the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. You could definitely tell this was a counterpart to them, and I think they did really good with that. But if they're trying to go also for the Deadpool to make this a little bit more gritty, funny, but still violent, they missed it because it was not radar. There were certain scenes in here I felt should have been a little bit more violent because, heck, the title of the movie is called Suicide Squad. Yeah. But they wanted younger kids to see the movie, which it worked because there's young kids in cosplay. There's costumes they're buying. Uh, there was some young kids there. The songs they put in there, they were singing along with the music. Hmm. And I'm like, see, stuff like that, you, you did your part because that's what you set your goal for, and it worked. Young young people love the movie. So um, I I love the movie myself. Um, and like I said, every, every character did their part. I love Joel Kidman. I love Killer Croc. Wish, the only part that I didn't like coming out of it the first time, I said I wish the movie was longer so I could see the characters more. That's yeah. how in love I am with the way the actors portrayed the parts. So, um... Oh. What? Um, sorry. One more thing I had a problem with with the ending. I think Enchantress... I didn't mind her as the main villain, but I think her brother should have been more of the main villain because yeah. I wanted to actually see her on the team. We also didn't see a whole lot of anything about... There was, like, when I said the story being thin, really, you get very little of why are they doing this? They just decided it randomly, though, I'm going to try to Destroy the world. Yeah, yeah. And also, she talks about her machine and her, her machine. Her, you never actually see this machine she's supposedly building. It's inside this giant vortex, but we have no idea what it is she's talking about. See, when she said that, I thought she meant what she was doing already was machine. I might be wrong. I don't know. I might have to watch it a third time. But well, I, yeah, when I when I heard her say, that's what I assume. So, I, and I might be wrong. I have to check that. Well, as of time of recording here, it's been out for two weeks now. And it's actually got a worldwide gross of just under $500 million. So it's actually making its money. It only had a $175 million budget. Good, yeah. And it's climb- that's the thing I was saying about Batman Superman. I feel like this is climbing better. It might not make as much money as them, but from it seemed like week in and week out, the movies, the money they're making, it seems it's growing in a good way. Not yeah. like, oh, we made a lot of money, a lot of money, then stopped and made a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. This, it keeps making a lot of money. So... Um, yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what did you think of Captain Boomerang? I don't know. I don't. I mean, out of the Flash comics, he was a totally different character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, well, that's the thing in the Flash comic books, and this has always been to me, even in the books, and it seems like in the movie too. In the Flash comic books, Captain Boomerang was always a different character compared yeah. to when he was working with the Suicide Squad. When he was with the Suicide Squad, they put a lot harder edge on. Was, oh yeah. I mean the. The thing that I loved about Captain Boomerang on the first scene when I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely Cap. Um, in the comics, the first time they did a mission, it was him and Slipknot. And at the time, it was on the wrist instead of playing their neck. And yeah. He was like, oh, they're just fooling you, da, da, da. And he was like, well, they're not going to do anything. So he walked away while they were doing a mission. He's like, I'll get away. No one will notice. Beep, beep, beep. Uh-oh. Boom. And the same thing happened here. He's like, man, I just had to make sure for myself that. Uh, I wouldn't die either. I want to see if you guys are bluffing or not. And yeah. here, the same thing happened. Like, yeah, it's Captain Boomerang. He's a devious scoundrel. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Captain Boomerang was probably he's in my top three. I think it was him. Eh, I don't know. Harley and Deadshot are pretty even for me because they yeah. focus on them so much. But then it'd be El Diablo and um, Kit, 
uh, Captain Boomerang. Those are my top favorite characters out of the whole movie. Hmm. Oh, sorry about that. It's getting late, isn't it? Yeah, it's starting to get late. Um, so d- let's go and wrap this up because we gotta, we still gotta get our um, reviews and comic book. The, the go to the comic shop. So, um, what was your over? What was your final take on the movie? Um, final take is I loved it. I seen it a second time. I want to see it a third time. I had a lot of fun. I want to stress this out. I had fun with the movie. Now, was it a perfect film for me? No, there's things I would definitely change about it. But at least it wasn't so gritty. I couldn't have fun with it. With Batman vs Superman, I didn't have fun with it. I enjoyed the movie, but I didn't get the feel of the pure comic book from it. With this, mm-hmm. I felt like I was reading a comic book. I felt like I was watching the animated series, the animated movie. I had a lot of enjoyment with this film, so I will still give this a two thumbs up. I would give this a probably a from what I saw, I give it an eight out of ten. Now, if I do see a deleted scenes, I probably will take it down. But for what the movie was, I thought it was great. I give it an eight out of ten. Awesome. Well, mine. Um, I said in the beginning, like you said, it was fun. This was a fun movie. There was plenty of stuff that got you laughing. There was mm-hmm. they found a good balance there. Um, and good action scenes too, by the way. This is something that I've no- noticed with the DC movies so far. Every one we've had, we have three in the series now. Yeah, they're getting better. And they now are. with guys like Jeff Johns and running the ship, which probably Justice League is going to be the first one we see that actually has his influence in it as much. That's what I was thinking when people uh, once were we get there, it's going to be a, it's going to feel different. It's going to be more, I think, our actual DC right. universe. So um, my rating, I'd probably have to give it a an, um, seven and a half or so, maybe seven seventy five, seven seven five. Okay, because um, um, there was there were flaws in this movie. Oh but yeah, oh yeah. I had enough yeah. fun that I really didn't it didn't bother me that much. And that's why I think I liked it too, because it was so good enough. I didn't focus on the bad parts. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, one thing I want to add. And this isn't just for Suicide Squad. This is for DC in general. Who's ever doing Warner Brothers editing? They need to fix that. I feel yeah. like the editing is the one thing that's hurting the most out of anything. Um, and also uh, Jeff Johns, he's just now. This was a movie that was already filmed before he actually got the head. He became president. Exactly. So we didn't really get to see everything. That's why we said Justice League will probably be the one. I think so, too. And one. Yeah, because he was instilled as president, and they were already done with Wonder Woman pretty much by then, too. Oh, yeah. They still have another year before it comes out, so they can do a lot more adjusting and stuff with it. But that Mm -hmm. movie was pretty much in the can already. Justice League is the one that he's going to have some influence on, I think. And can you tell me now, if I go too far, you tell me to stop. (laughs) And I will. But this is going against our our uh, fellow other family at Marvel. <laughs> um, he, the thing I really love about these DC films, and I know some people are saying, oh, the fans or the characters are different. But at the end of the day, they didn't really change too much of what the comic book and story of the character's background was. On this one, yes. Appeal. Yeah. Well, yeah. They didn't change too much to appeal to the fans, if that makes any sense. With Marvel, yeah. I see they changed their characters to appeal to the fans. Which, see, if they get a bigger, bigger audience, that's cool. But the thing about DC and DC Comics I love, no matter what happens, the fans are always going to be there, and they always remember that. So they keep mm-hmm. everything back to normal. Rebirth, they learn. New 52, they change so much. They're like, oh, the fans don't like this. Let's go back to what they like. And I thank you for that. Exactly. So yeah, that that's something I really enjoy about DC. You love the fans, and you know what we want, and you keep it toward that. No so matter what the critics say, we're always gonna love you. But okay, so that, that was for me. Yeah, that was our movie review that we've been talking about for 
since the beginning, we kept talking about how we got to get to reviewing a couple movies. So that was our movie reviews. Now, if you're still with us, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to go. We got our comic book reviews. We got 10 books that came out on August 10th. Yes, we're two weeks behind, but that's fine because we're going to get caught up at some point here. But um, the first one we actually have, Vernon, I believe you have book number one, right? Yes, I do. With Action Comics 961. So we're going to have to go through these pretty quick. We're already an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. So. Um, the overview of this was basically uh, Superman still fighting Doomsday. They're still trying to figure out who is this new Clark Kent. Is this a clone? Is it a? Is he from a different universe? What? Who is he? What is, what's his motive? We don't know that. Hopefully we'll get that in the next issue. Um, and I want to say every scene with Wonder Woman I loved is her in her glorious fighting uh I, I can't think of anything. I want to say a different word, but I'm not going to say on the show. But um, Wonder Woman just being a perfect Amazon. Her and Doomsday, yeah. when, every time she fights him, her lasso, the panel is shot great. Um, Jonathan and Lois are still trying to figure out if uh, Superman will live from this. But at the end of the day, he tells them to get to, get to safety. Uh, tells Wonder Woman to make sure they're okay. But he's got a plan, and he's got to do this by himself. And he's even scared. He knows in his heart if Doomsday beat him once... He could do it again, but he has to fight even harder this time because he has a family. And the one thing um, on this one, remember that um, they've actually taken the fight outside of the city. They're out in the middle of a, yeah. um, the woods somewhere. Yeah, so they won't hurt any civilians. Um, but honestly, I think that's that. That was a quick review, but that was basically everything that happened in here. Yeah, oh, it's and more by fighting. the end of it, uh, some some um, teams attacking Doomsday and fighting him off, and it seems like the weapons are actually hurting him. Out of all what Superman and Wonder Woman's done, these weapons are hurting Doomsday. I'm well, thinking see, whoever's been watching them released him and said, okay, we got to get him back. Do what well, you yeah. got to do and bring him back in. If but who you, is it? That's actually, um, it's on one of the pages before before you get to the end of the book. You get the page where the Watcher guy that's been watching this whole thing in the Green Hood tells I them, um, begin, go fight or go take the down Doomsday. It's time. Right. So, and in the final page, actually, you get an entire crew of guys on mm-hmm. um, hover sled looking things shooting at Doomsday. And the weapons seem to actually hurt him. Exactly. So, and so. this might not be the real Doomsday. This may be a clone as well. We don't know. Well, but Doomsday we'll find is out a the clone. Next he is, but is this a clone of Doomsday? A clone of a clone. Is he a clone of a clone? <laughs> well, the next book we got is actually All-Star Batman number one. Um, this oh, is bringing this Scott thing. Snyder back to to um, Batman and John Romita Jr. actually did all the artwork for it. And um, this story basically, you start off in a diner and then you get kill him off a firefly come smashing through the diner with um, with Batman. And we find out um, basically Batman is in the process of transferring the um, Two Face to some house out somewhere. To but. Um, so they're fighting back and forth, and the other villain that was brought into this that, um, let me find his name. He's right here. Uh, where'd he go? Oh, Black Spider. Have you ever heard of him? Yes, he was actually, the first time I heard of him was actually in the Sultan Arkham, the Suicide Squad animated film. Okay, because to me, he looks almost like DC's version of Spider-Man, mixed with Doc Ock. To tell you the truth, Ken, when I seen him in the comics, I was like, yeah, this seems like this would be a Spider-Man villain. <laughs> okay. So, um... So, yeah, I got I got that same feel. Don't worry, that's what I've always got from him. But you find out. Um, then we go back a couple of weeks ago to um, Harvey Dent is actually at, in this story. It seems like Harvey Dent and Two Face are two, 
we know that it's two separate um, personalities in the same body. And I guess Harvey comes out every so often, and Two-Face will come out every so often. Well, Harvey has come up with this plan on, to figure out how to um, get rid of Two-Face forever. And he's... And I, well, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, doesn't this remind you of Big Bad Harv? Yeah, it does, actually. But they came up with this plan that, um, I guess there's some house or something that um, Harvey had from a while ago or something that um, if Batman takes Two-Face there, they're hoping they can actually get rid of the Two-Face personality. Mm-hmm, yeah. So um, then they go back to cut... They find out... Um, and then on here also, we get to see Duke in his costume, but he still doesn't have a name. Because they, pur- they purposely say, don't call him Robin, because he's got a, Ro- Batman's got a new idea. We need August and Duke to come up with some sidekick names immediately, because I... <laughs> Who's August? Oh, yeah, I'm August from, from Flash, too. from Flash, yes, he, yes, he, yes. He, doesn't have, he doesn't have a name either. It's like, we're, we're working on it. Work on it now! Well, the, this whole um, book, they're Batman taking Two-Face to this house. They're attacked by Firefly and Killer Moth. He, Batman takes them down. Then the crowd around him tells them to get out, and they're not happy with him being there. That we, we come to find out Two-Face has ran a tape and made a deal. And this one, Two-Face is actually an information broker more than anything else. Mm-hmm. He has dirt on sense. everybody. And, Which makes um, sense since he was a, on the DEA. Exactly. He uses his DEA skills to actually make crime easier for people, is the way Bat- right. Batman says it. Make people, make it easier for them to choose to do crime. And um, since we're on Two-Face, uh, what did you think of his new design? It's it's interesting. Once he actually showed the full Two-Face look, it actually wasn't, I liked it. Yeah, because when he had the mask on, I was like, Who, "What? what is this? And then he took it off and I looked at him like, okay, the mm-hmm. coin... It makes sense. And it, I like this look for Two-Face. This reminds me a little bit of the Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face. Yeah. So uh, we haven't seen that in a while. We've been seeing more so the one from the Dark Knight um, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. But I like this Two-Face a lot, the design for it. Well, this the deal Two-Face makes with everybody is the fact that, um, well, how they caught Two-Face this time was actually the criminal families of the city actually helped the cops take down Two-Face because Two-Face is getting too too big. He's getting too powerful. So they decided, you know what, it's time to take him down and get him arrested. So Batman's going to take him out to this house to try to cure him. Um, and Two-Face has made a deal with the city and told them, okay, anybody who stops this from happening and doesn't let or gets me back into the city, I will actually take the fortunes of the top three families in the city and make an anonymous secret donation to you, you will become the most, the richest person in Gotham. So, hmm. and if he does make it out to this place, the other half of the deal is if no one stops him, he will release all the information that he possesses into the world, onto the web. So, uh, so now you have the villains wanting to take out Batman because they're going to lose all their, or all their secrets will be out there. You also end up with the regular citizens trying to stop him to get the money. So that's that's the premise of the story. Yeah. They go back and forth. Yeah. Batman um, fighting um, Moth and um, Moth and Firefly fighting Black Spider back and forth. And then you have the regular citizens of this little um, diner, which are also trying to take down Batman to free Two Face because they and want the, the money. Way, everyone in that diner should not take the money. Here's the reason why. That money belongs to somebody, and once Two Face gives it to you, I'm pretty sure they're going to come after you next. Yeah. Well, the so. end of this story is actually um, 
another story. It, well, no, the end of the story is Batman putting Two-Face into the back of just a regular moving truck and driving down the road and telling Alfred um, that obviously someone's been able to track them because the the Batjet was actually on cloaking, so no one could find it, but somehow they were still able to find the um, the Batjet, so someone gave away his position. And um, as he, he tells um, Alfred, he's going to go radio silent so that no one can find him. You find out Alfred is the one that gave away his position. Yeah. And then the last page of that, that, is that the Phantom Stranger? Yes. Okay. At the very end of that story, you see the Phantom Stranger hanging on the back of the truck. Which is really weird because I'm thinking, you're a Hawkman and Hawkgirl villain. What are you doing here? Well, we're so. going to find out in the next issue. But this one actually has a backstory. There's a second story in here. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's why I thought you were going to get it when yeah. you said that. But, well, this one here um, is yeah, two, um, Batman. There are two stories in this book. It's uh, Batman and Duke um, getting into some fabrics warehouse where there's these guys that have all been killed and they've been tortured. You find out this is, um, and basically this is a story about Duke learning and being trained. Um, and actually, I love the classic, the classic animated Batmobile is actually in this one, is the way they draw the yeah, Batmobile for this one. I heard that on a different podcast and I looked at it and I was like, they're, they're right. That mm-hmm. is. <laughs> And it and actually looks like the Batcave Bat- from the classic Batman animated series. Hmm. The cave itself. Look at that again. Look at that same shot. Wow. Yep. That so, T-Rex. Um, I mean, he's always had the T-Rex, but the way they designed this panel, exactly. that looks like the old school, uh, so this or is, not the old school, the 90s version of uh, the animated series. Ten-page story about um, Duke oh. being trained by Batman, and then they find out that um, there's this program that Alfred has put together called the Cursed Wheel. What it is yeah. is it's Batman's all of Batman's training and everything he's done he's learned around the world into one succinct little program that um, he can use to train partners and and associates and stuff. Um, um, could you help me out real yeah. quick with this uh, on, on the page with him in the Batcave? Two things: one, that's Jason Todd's Robin suit. I thought that was yeah. pretty awesome. Two, is there somebody underneath the cave, or am I just seeing this wrong? Is that a flashlight somebody's holding? No, that's just a light up underneath. Okay, I was very confused there. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 that's just All a right. light. Um, but I had a question on the next page. Now, it talks mm-hmm. about um, um, it's what comes to, at the end, what makes you um, – this will the, – the last part of this training, it will make you either the hero you're going to become or the villain. Duke asks him, the villain, Jason, question mark. Then Batman says, no, someone else. Who do you think that someone else is? Two-Face, I think. You think Batman trained this? He's talking about people that he trained. Oh, is that specifically what he was talking about? I thought he meant just. Yeah. No, he's talking about his, the people he trained that went through this program. Someone actually became a villain, and it's not hmm. Jason Todd. It may be a. Uh, Gotham, maybe? No, because he didn't train Gotham. True. Hmm. I can't think of anybody he trained that became the villain. The only one villain. I could think of is that they're Asriel. pulling in the legacy, and it's John Paul Valley. That's what I was saying. Not you think it is Azrael? It's that's possible. the only character I was thinking of. That's the only one I, I could like, think of that actually became a villain that that's Batman the only one trained. I, yeah, that's the only one I could think of too. But maybe you know what? All Star Batman would be a perfect time to add him back into. Well, he was in. Story. He's in the new Fifty Two. So yeah, no, I mean he's even was John Paul Valley. Uh, he was he's in um, Detective Comics too, right? Uh, he was or, at, at one or two. At, yeah, very beginning, I think he was in one. So, so they mentioned him. Way to put him back in there. So, but, um, but the next one we got on the list is actually Deathstroke Rebirth number one. 
The beginning I love. Oh my god, this was Teen Titans again. <laughs> this was uh they they showed Jericho and Ravenger. Is that who that is? Hero. Mm-hmm. Okay. His son that's disobedient is Ravager, and his son with the blonde hair is Jericho. And I was like, oh man, Jericho's back, Ravager's back. But um, I love this issue. It was, it was basically just Slade. It was Slade's origins of his family and what he does now. And I've never really read any Deathstroke singles by myself. I see why it's different for me. I don't hate it, but I see why it's a little different. From what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And this one, you can I sympathize with them so much. Then in other scenes in here, I'm just like, oh, you are vicious. Um, even with his sons, Batman's not that bad of a father. <laughs> yeah. But um, overall, this was just Slade Wilson being an assassin. Then they would go to his backstory, him being a father, um, what he does now. And on this mission he's doing currently, he found Clock King. And Clock King looked like he's dying. Yes. His death is going to be upon him soon. Um, now, who who is uh, what's this guy's name? Killsworth. That name, I'm not Killsworth? sure. I do know the other name. It may be um, Wintergreen's first name. Possibly. Oh yeah, Wintergreen was in here. I forgot about that. Well, yeah, the whole story is um, he's been hired to kill um, to kill someone that has been protected by this. Um, what's his name? Red Tiger. Yeah. And Wintergreen was um, his old pal. Exactly. So the Red Tiger finally lets him do it, or they work a deal, so that Red Tiger actually controls a super PAC, and the government here to actually control some stuff with our government to to move so he can do things in Africa the way he wants to. And um, part of that deal was that he'll let Slade get into the guy that he's already granted asylum to. So um, Slade goes to fight this guy that... um, to kill it, and you find out that it's the Clock King. Yeah. Clock King's dying, dying anyway. <laughs> and he asks, "Is like, well, will you let me live a little bit? And um, the, he says, um, or he's in here and he says that, my li- um, is my life worth more than the life of someone you loved? Or you love? He's like, okay, who are you talking about? Then he just says, um, Kenilworth. Which I'm thinking that's got to be Wintergreen's first name. Yeah. Or Wintergreen's his first name, Kenilworth's his second, last name. And then the Which next scene, you see him running across the desert, or he goes back to the boat, and um, the two guys that took him there that are expecting him to kill them because they're witnesses to what he it's, just did. It's late. <laughs> He's finally like, fine, empty your pockets, give me all the cash you have. He's like, okay. And he grabs that, and since he's a mercenary, he's like, okay, you just hired me. Um to protect your families oh, yeah. from the, this uh, from the Red Tiger now. So yeah. now that they're the family safe, then you get um, either kill or either kill or uh, kill me or gear up. And I mm-hmm. love that part. So they help him get in to um, save Kenilworth. He ends up taking down everybody in the camp and then moves on. And you find in the cave, he finds Wintergreen, and Wintergreen tells yeah. him that it's about time you you showed up. Yep. <laughs> so he, he's old now too. Yes. So, and anybody who doesn't know, Wintergreen was actually his butler or something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he was He was basically his Alfred, because at the time he was created, it seemed like everybody needed a butler. Yeah. <laughs> or some type of helper or sidekick. Butler or sidekick. Well, um, moving on to Detective 938, this one opens in a flashback of um, yeah. Colonel Kane, which is back woman's um, father, Getting his and security her. clearance and becoming a, um, and getting, starting taking over what would eventually become the colony. 
And then you see um, this whole thing that happened was right after his wife and one of his daughters dies. So he meets um, Kate in the um, cemetery, and they're talking about how um, he's got a new job. And she asks him, how's he able to deal with the death of all this? And he said, by becoming or the military is helping me because I'm part of something bigger. So she basically tells him she'll do tell her what to do and she'll do anything she can to join him in this. Right, she wants to join her daddy. We flash back to the current time and you find um him trying to the colony trying to get him out of the base because Batman and the rest of the team are all taking everybody down right now. Yeah. And they decide and, um, Oh, go ahead. I was just saying I don't know why I can't think of her name right now. I'll let you keep going until I think of it. Okay. Well the whole team's attacking, they find out that um there's, they have to do a two-prong type of thing. They're, one, they have to get out of here. That's the number one. There's the exit strategy. It's not to take everybody down. It's just to get out of here. And the other one is Batman tells Robin that, or Red Robin, that um, the whole idea of Colony, remember from the last issue, was they're looking, they feel that the League of Assassins has sleeper cells everywhere, or the League of Shadows mm-hmm. has sleeper cells everywhere. So they've targeted all these people in Gotham that they think are sleepers for the League of Assass- or the League of Shadows. So he sends Robin to the mainframe to um or he sends Tim to the mainframe to get the information off of there so they can find these people and protect them. Well, at the meantime, they've sent Black Orphan up to the top floors to clear a path. That was it. Yeah, when she um I gained a lot more respect uh from me. I didn't think she was that good. Oh yeah. Not yet. That good. Well, they said she she's as good as Batman fighting. Or and better. holy crap, they were right because she took them down. <laughs> she brutally took them down. Yeah. There was blood on the ground. <laughs> well, next that was w- very brutal. Oh yeah. Well, we I next scene it, we get is we find Red Robin in the chamber with all the um, computer stuff, and you get the computer hacker again that took out that yeah, what, Batman yeah, was fighting against. The 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 one weird annoying bad yeah. guy. I didn't, I didn't like him. They portrayed him well. He's definitely a villain. He's a villain, but he's also a fanboy of Red Robin. Yeah, but he's... <laughs> so the, I, I, wanted, I wanted Batman to just keep punching him when I read the uh, last issue. I was like, this yeah. guy is a prick. <laughs> well, Red Robin takes him down because he's not a physical type guy. He's a hacker. hacker they go right. back. They talk back and forth. Red Robin gets the information he needs. And then um, the guy gets over to an escape hatch and escapes as a bunch of the colony soldiers come in pointing guns. But as they're doing that, all the grenades start going off. And here, Spoiler had found the remote trigger for grenades, for their grenades, and set them off. So Spoiler saves Red Robin. Then we hit um, Clayface actually creating a bridge to go from the bottom of oh, this Clayface giant hanger awesome up to the top. Huh? Yeah, he was he was having so much fun beating up those goons. And he oh, yeah. And like, sorry, sir. I'm actually sorry, starting, sir. To, I'm I don't starting know. to like Clayface in this. I am, too. I was surprised when he called Batman sir. That's what made me laugh more than anything. Yeah. I was like, wait. What? what did you say? Well, they get up to the top level because Clayface built a bridge so they can go around all of the stuff. And that's when you find Orphan has already taken care of everybody upstairs. And out of nowhere, um, as they see that Orphan's surrounded by these all these bodies, um, Batwoman takes a batarang to the side of the head and knocks her mask off of her. You find out it's her dad and all of the rest of the colony up on Hovercraft, um, all still telling her, you need to, um, you need to join us, Kate. And she said, "Well, you shouldn't have. Done, you shouldn't have tried to kill the guy that we both modeled our lives after. Mm-hmm. She modeled her life after Batman, and well, he's modeled his whole organization after Batman. 
Mm-hmm. So finally, he's like, "Fine, subdue them, take them, take them down, so we can capture them again." And at, at the same time, Red Robin's already broke into their system and actually just scrambled and gave high pitched fuzz in all of the helmets of the colony, so they can't do anything. They're all disoriented. At the same time, um, Batman tells Jacob, the Colonel, that this is all over. I promise you that. Drops the smoke bomb and disappears, Batman style. <laughs> Yeah, so, when, he, when he pointed and threatened him, like, yeah, you know this isn't a... I was like, oh, well, we boy, get to the last scene. for you. All we have left is the colonel and the hacker. And the hacker tells him, it's like, hey, you remember those upgrades to my drones that I wanted to make that you said, no ever said I'm not allowed to make them? He's like, well, we can... Because they, they now have to take out, for their plans, they need to take out all these sleeper cells before Batman's able to stop this. Because these people, they're working autonomously, the government doesn't know they're doing this, even though they're doing it for the government. Plausible mm-hmm. deniability type stuff. That's so where that was going. they realize that if the government finds out about this, they'll shut them down now. Mm-hmm. So the guy says, well, we still could be able to do this before anybody finds out about it. And you here you find out his drones that he's been keeping tabs on Batman and all the others with have been weaponized. So he can right now send them out to, ta- to um, take out the people so that the colony doesn't have to. And that's the end of Detective Three Nine Thirty Eight. That's so a good book. We got to watch out. We got to watch. See what happens from there. Definitely. So next up, like I said, we're going through these fast um, Super Friends. So um, next week we'll probably get back into a little bit more details and stuff. But we got Flash Number Four next. Yeah, and we got to see the first uh, first um, page in here was um, one of my favorite Green Lanterns and most people's favorite Green, Green Lantern, John Stewart. Oh, you jumped to a different yeah. one. Okay. Did I? Uh oh, which it was oh, gonna be Flash. Okay. Go ahead, I'll do Flash later. Oh shoot, you're right. It was <laughs> Do you want to do Flash? Just keep going. Yeah, go ahead with how or the Green Lantern. Okay. Um was the Green Lantern uh re- not Reaver. Green Lantern and uh Hal Jordan and the Hal Green Lantern Corps Green two. Lantern Corps number two. Thank you. <laughs> it's getting late. Um yeah. but we first uh page here we get to see Jon Stewart and then we get to see Guy Gardner. These guys together are just hilarious. Um, of course, guy's going to be the comic relief, hot-headed, go off anytime. Don't even think about it. And then um, John Stewart being the more narrow-headed, uh, calm guy. And you also have a kilowog in the back, of course. Um, they've got some type of plan to uh, get the Green Lanterns back together and help Hal out, find everything that's going on, figure out why did they go away, what's going on. Um, and. As we're going on, you still see Hal doing his thing, still fighting uh, one Sinestro, um, the Yellow Lanterns. But um, he takes him out pretty good. But when we go back to um, Sinestro, he's discussing something with his daughter. And who is the other lady, the lady uh, with the blue skin? Who is this? That's um, the one that he's always... It's like his um, confidant. She's his right-hand girl. Hand man, or right-hand woman. Yeah. In um, let me find... Her name is in here somewhere. Um, um, keep going off. Alyssa. Okay, thank you. She's still, you know, feeding into everything he wants to do. And this uh, costume um, Sinestro's wearing, doesn't this look a little familiar? It looks almost parallaxy. Yeah. But this is the true parallax, because this is mm-hmm. the Yellow Lantern. But I thought that was pretty awesome. But anyways, she's feeding into him. She does as he commands, and that's literally what she says. But his daughter is having doubts about him. I see. I can see his daughter going to the Green Lanterns Quite at possibly. some point in the series. Uh, I know that's his daughter and looked just like him, but uh, he's evil. But he uh, looks up on his ring, he finds out, he says his oath, and he sees Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan's back, and the Green Lanterns are trying to come back for him. 
And the thing is, his daughter knows the same thing, and she has a smirk on his face. She wants her father to go down. She knows he's not in the right. Um, and as this goes on, you get to see more of uh, how fighting the uh, Lanterns. And I also want to say there was somewhere in here, I don't think, yeah, it was a little bit later on. We get uh, John Stewart and Guy talking, and it's uh, Guy being Guy, uh, having his humor, and he's telling him, I can do this. I uh, don't need any, um, what he says right here. John Stewart says, you're a lucky guy. Then um, Guy says, why do they keep calling it luck? He's just that good. And um, Kilowog's like, why did you let him go off into space like that? And then John's saying, because he's too dumb to die. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one that was too um, stubborn to die. Yeah, that was it. He's too stubborn to die. So uh, they'll let Guy do whatever he needs to to get to uh, figure out what the heck's going on. Then we get back in uh, House still on the same planet fighting all the uh, fighting the lanterns, the yellow lanterns, and then he turns around. There's all about an army of these lanterns now. Yeah. So either he's going to get help or they might take him out. I don't think he can fight off that many lanterns. Yeah, they're going to try. But that was Green Lantern number two. We can see what happens to Hal next issue. And what does Guy do to be so courageous? Yeah. So, Well, the next one up, we have The Flash number four. Now, this one, um, Barry's still tra- training all the speedsters. And a lot of this one is training the speedsters, going, um, teaching them different things. Um, and that's back being and- weird to me. Yeah. Well, that is so many speedsters there. He's talking back and forth with Mina, the doctor who's in charge of all this, and she's actually figured out something. She figured out that um, the speedsters, um, she's analyzed the Flash and the rest of the speedsters. The Flash, the speed force has totally merged with his cells, and he's one with the speed force. And the rest of the speedsters, it's almost like they've been temporarily sped up by the speed force. It's not a permanent thing in their body. They've not been totally combined with it. Um, she also found out that um, the way the speedsters in the last issue were killed at Iron Heights was someone when they um, the way the speed force is working in this. If more than one speedster is racing or using the speed force at the same time, the speed force is trying to reconnect itself together. So they're um, in order to so to, really, if you could outrace someone, you could actually steal their speed force from them. Speed yep. So we find and that's out, not a little familiar. Yeah. Well, um, then Iris shows up. And tells Flash that, hey, I have a news story that in 24 hours I'm going live with it, but I found out someone who's actually trying to manipulate the Speed Force, and that's this black hole. Remember the organization from the first episode, or first issue? They've actually figured out a way to manipulate the Speed Force. So the Flash um, takes off with um, Mina to go and um, stop this guy because they think he may be Godspeed. He finally goes up and um, to Dr. Carver and um, asks, how did... Um, how did Black Hole get a hold of the Speed Force, get a sample of it to try to weaponize it? And um, according to Carver, he stole it from the he stole it from the gods. Um, and they fight they fight back and forth. And then he's you find out he's built a suit to actually um, infuse his body with the Speed Force because Which of the is suit. a very 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 bad idea. Yeah, well, he does that, and all of a sudden he loses total control, and it becomes a giant speed monster almost. Yeah, it is. And is losing it's like this control. weird tornado storm, something. Yeah, I guess the Speed Force was always uh, that's how Speed Force is created from the storm anyway. Well, Mina and him, uh, Flash and Mina, try to figure out okay, how are we going to stop this out? And then August shows up with two of the other kid speedsters, 
And um, so the Flash, okay, Flash is in charge. He tells the two kids, take off, make sure everybody, all humans are out of the area. To get them out of here, give everybody safety. Then he takes August, Mina, and the Flash, and they realize they have to actually steal the speed from Carver to slow him down and save him. So they end up yeah, racing get, instead of racing opposite and um, slowing him down, they run race with him to try to see if they can go faster than him. And they um, they steal his speed force, and he's down on the ground. They figure out, find out that he was not um, Godspeed, and he's basically fried his brain by doing this. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the Flash is loving the fact that all these people are um, he's coaching them, and they're actually learning. And um, all these things are happening. The next scene we get is actually Wally West, young Wally West, um, trying to tap back into the Speed Force that he had at one point. Um, and he's folks trying to get the everything together. Then um, he sees on his tablet, um, did you recently get hit by lightning and exhibiting speed powers? Come to Star Labs. Um, press here for an appointment. So he realizes he needs some training. So he's going to head to Star Labs. So um, everybody, the Flash and everybody's back at Star Labs, and Mina and Flash are having a quiet moment talking, and uh, Mina straight up kisses him. And, yeah, that's um, what I was going to say. Flash got a little him, romance in here. You're the, um, the only way, she figured the only way, because they're so busy, that either one of them is going to make a move is if she made a move just out of nowhere. And then the last page, he decides, the problem is that he's trying to reconcile two parts of his life, and the, the, the people don't know the, which is which, so he can't. Keep up the keep up the speed with everybody else. So he's always trying to hide something. So he decided he's not going to hide with her, and he takes his mask off and shows that he's Barry Allen, the fastest man alive. My name is Barry Allen. I'm the fastest man alive. Yep, and that's Flash number four. That was a pretty good book too. Yeah, the next one was also a really good. It's surprising the way this book's going somewhat, but we got new yeah. Superman number two. I. For me, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't I'm not saying I hate the book. I'm not saying that, but it's it's different. It's, it's weird. real different. Yeah, it's weird. So, um, you got it there. This one's it. I'll say maybe me and you both can go off this because uh, okay. I only have this on the phone, and ah. for some reason, I'm having a hard time okay. finding it right now. Well, it opens up where the last one left off with um, the Batman and Wonder Woman of the of China attacking Superman. And this Batman, though, he, he's bigger Batman than what I was thinking. <laughs> exactly. They fight back and forth. Um, Batman's got some size on him. So um, Superman's all calling him Tubby and all of these things because he's, right, yeah. he is a bully. But um, they take Batman and Wonder Woman take him down and um, zap him to knock him out. And he finds out his powers are intermittent. They're not actually staying on the whole time. That's how they're able to take him down. But he wakes up in a bed and finds all of his stuff is still there. So um, the doctor tells him that for now you have to stay here with us because you're you're part now part of the Justice League of China. They found out that um, the only way to compete with the Western world is to do what they do better than them. So um, Keenan goes to smash. He says, "You know what? No, I'm out of here. I need to go home." He goes to smash a wall and jacks up his hand because <laughs> his powers aren't working. So she gives him a visor that um, she said because don't know when his powers are going to come back and when they're not. His heat vision would destroy the building if it just came on out of nowhere. So they give him a visor that right. would diffuse the heat vision. Then they, he finds out that it's also a compliance device. If he does something they don't like, he, they, she can zap him, zap his brain. Ow. <laughs> so um, she has to take off because they have a security alert 
uh, something that the Justice League needs to take care of. So she tells him, stay here, study the American Justice League and so, and Superman so you can see who these people are that you're supposed to be. And um, then they find out when she goes back to the other room, Batman and Wonder Woman have to go save this lady who no one knows why, but for some reason her security system sets off their alarms. And it's a supervillain attacking. So they yeah, decide, this supervillain kind of like a superhero in my opinion. Yeah. Well, a supervillain named Sunbeam. And, um, hmm, I wonder what that's going to do. Yeah. Well, Keenan um, is blaming Batman for taking his powers because when he got zapped, he lost all of his powers. And they're fighting back and forth, and um, the Batman and Wonder Woman decide, have to take off to go save this lady. And um, Superman, or Keenan, now decides, you know what, I need to go with you because um, he actually knows the allotment that they're going to and knows the back door and knows how to get through it. They're not going to have to take out the guards. And by the way, this has to be the smallest bat uh, Batmobile I've ever seen. No, it's not a Batmobile. It's the B- the BUV, the Bat Utility Vehicle. The Batmobile. So basically, they, <laughs> he gets him into there. They lock him in the car and say, you're not allowed to go anywhere. Batman actually built the technology that keeps zapping him. So it says, you touch anything, you get zapped. You get out of the car, you get zapped. If you touch any of the controls on the dashboard, you get zapped. <laughs> so um, they're in there. They're fighting Sunbeam. Then um, Super... Or bat, Nah. Wonder Woman brings out this little seven-year-old girl to hang out in the car and says, you watch the girl. <laughs> so they're fighting and fighting. And then um, Sunbeam brings the doctor and comes outside, and um, no one knows he's in the car. They're outside the car, and um, Sunbeam's hiding behind the doctor. It reminds Keenan, or the look on the seven-year-old's face when she's watching Sunbeam holding her mom is similar to the look that he had when he lost his mom about the same age when she died in a um, plane crash. So he decides, yeah, you know what? He- I have to help because no one knows I'm here. So he gets out. He's being zapped the whole time. But um, he goes, um, knocks over Sunbeam and releases the doctor. Well, Sunbeam's like, oh, you know what? I'm done with this. You're dead. Turns their beam on him, and everybody's yelling right for him to get face. out of the way. And blasts him in the face with whatever the beam is. It looks like it's a sunbeam. Sunbeam. <laughs> Name sunbeam, so that's, that's probably solar that's radiation. I, hmm, I wonder what that's going to do later. Well, it supercharged him. All of his powers are back. So he destroys sunbeam, and they win the day. And um, as they're doing that, um, Lady Land shows up again. Remember the d- reporter from the from the last one? Yeah, this is number two. Supposed, from number one. Yeah, she's supposed to be the counterpart to Lois Lane. <laughs> well, he says, Miss Land, do you recognize me? She's like, do you, why would I recognize you? And he smashes the visor, pulls it off, and says, that's because I'm Keenan Kong, the new Superman. That dummy. Yep. <laughs> so he's blown the secret oh, of, the, of there being Japanese or the Chinese superheroes. I'm not too mad at that because he would have just had to wear the goggles, and he probably didn't want to do that because, you know, get zapped too. Superman doesn't wear any goggles. Why is he? <laughs> so, um, do you want to take Red Hood? Yes. Uh, this is Red Hood and Outlaws issue number one. Um, it starts off with this lady called Ma Gun, and she is, well, she's an older lady, and she loves to shoot guns. <laughs> <laughs> um, her and Batman, uh, I guess, stumbled inside of her facility unexpectedly. I mean, Jason so and um, you're right, Jason and Batman. Uh, this is before he was Robin. This is just Jason Todd and Batman. Um, she she shoots Batman. Batman's uh, got some bullet wounds on him now. But Jason runs at her and takes her through a window. And then the next panel we see, this is the same thing happening, except this time it's now and day. 
Day's Age with him as Red Hood saving her from explosion from that same building. Um, he talks to her, um, gets her back to recovery, um, gets her on the bench. She's better now. And then he asks her what happened, what caused all this to go down. She had an encounter with this uh, vi- villain called Black Mask. And I just want to say, every time there's somehow something going on with Red Hood when he's starting off, it's always Black Mask. I think Black Mask is more of a Red Hood villain now than a Batman villain. Yeah. Um, so as the story's going on, uh, he's still having flashbacks to when he was uh, a teenager, a runaway, to now. Um, he had to sleep in a bed, and now he's doing the same thing, sleeping on the bed on the floor. Well, he was actually living for a little while. He was in... she. This lady ran a boarding school. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. And, and he was living there for a like while. His, his, his grandmother? <laughs> well, what it is is she was running a um, home for wayward boys, and what for it wayward was boys. was she was actually using these juvenile delinquents to um, to do to do crimes and stuff. She eventually got caught by Batman. And that kind of reminded me somewhat of what happened in Legends of Tomorrow. Where, yeah. Uh, uh, what was it? Rex is a... Uh, not Rex. I, I can't think of his char- the character right now. Anyways, that reminds me of something from Legends Tomorrow. But um, in the book, uh, Jason's sitting down, having himself a good old burger, and he's still doing research that Batman uh, taught him. And he's cracking stuff to try to prove Batman that he can also be just as good, too, but no guns. Batman yeah, said, as he's growing guns, up and learning. If, you kill anybody, if you kill anybody, I'm coming after you. He can still use his guns, but don't kill no one. And then they have this awesome uh, vehicle scene. Um, he goes in guns blazing and this uh, SUV and these black mask goons and he's taking them out, shooting them, but not killing them. He's knocking them out, got this one guy's head up against the window, uh, took him out, got guns against the other guy's heads, and he needs some answers. So as he's interrogating them, he finds Black Mask. Black Mask takes him to him and he shows him the city of Gotham. Black Mask is beginning to like Red Hood a lot. He wants him to work for him. And he's talking about how Gotham is like a lady. It's been misunderstood and mistreated all over the years, but she's still beautiful. So he's thinking with Red Hood, he might have a chance of getting the city back to what he wants it to be. Um, and he, he finds these uh, guys uh, that Red that's on Black Mask team, and they uh, didn't disobey Black Mask, but they didn't also get the job done. So he offers Red Hood a chance to shoot them all and get them out of the way because they messed up. He's telling yeah, he it's doesn't a test. shoot them. Yeah. Here's the thing. He would have shot them if Batman wouldn't have talked to him. Red Hood would have not had a problem taking these guys out. Probably. But that's what I'm thinking. But since Batman said don't shoot him, uh, Black Mask says he respects Red Hood's code of honor. Which was really weird hearing Black Mask tell uh, Red Hood he respects him not killing people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they go on this train, this cargo train, and they need to get... Uh, what is it they need to get off of this thing? The, bl- the secret weapon that Black Mask needs. We um, don't know what it is. He's yeah. just told it's a secret weapon. Well, they derail the train. They're getting ready to get whatever it is on. They're off. And as he does so, guess who steps all the cargo? Artemis, an Amazon. She's the one and, protecting the cargo. Yep. And Red Hood's thinking, oh, crap, what did I get myself into? An Amazon. <laughs> so um, that that was Red Hood and Outlaws. And as we know, it is going to be the team of Bizarro, Artemis, and Red Hood. So... I guess this is going to show the first character of, uh, or second character of the Red Hood team. And uh-huh. probably the third or fourth issue we'll get to see um, Bizarro. Which, honestly, I'm more interested in Bizarro because, as I said before, I think on the show, if not on the show, I told you, Bizarro, I don't see him as a villain. He's misunderstood. Yeah. People use him as a weapon. Okay. But, um, 
And our next issue, do you you want to get that? Yeah, I got the next one. Okay. I have um, Wonder Woman or Superwoman number one. Now this one this starts off. A, now most people. This one um, threw me off at some point. Yeah. Well, this one, um, Superwoman. A lot of these have been bouncing back and forth on different timelines, kinda. Um, this one starts a few weeks ago in Smallville, Kansas, and actually um, Lana Lang is living on the Kent farm trying to sell it. And then you have Lois Lane who. Um, is picking up tractors and she's basically because people, most people know that Superwoman is Lois Lane in most comic books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, usually I, yeah. it's from Earth Two or Earth Three or whatever. But they explain in here why she has superpowers. But she's trying to talk Lana into helping her um, control her powers and learn about her powers. Now this is the, this is the New Fifty Two Lois Lane from this universe that actually outed Clark Kent as Superman. Then you kick a, kick over to today and you have um, a news report. About how um, the doomsday attack was helped thwarted by this superwoman that showed up on the scene, and people are sharing videos of her um, fighting doomsday, helping other um, heroes of the city, and it looks like from the drawing that it may be Guardian is the hero she's helping. Yep. But she saved yep. a reporter from a helicopter, so helped a um, girl in a train station to find her parents. Steel is in here. Talking about how she's going to be a, a powerful champion for the for all of Metropolis, and, um, and then you get the people actually running this was um, the Daily Star, um, yeah, the Daily Star, which is actually just an online news outlet. They, and they're having a hard time because Superwoman, for some reason, is always around the Daily Planet building, so they keep getting the Daily Planet building, and they don't not liking that. But you find out that um, Lana Lang in this is a um, in the beginning, it talks about how she's a um, farmer by blood because she grew up in Smallville, an engineer by trade because that's what she was trained to do. But then you find out she's got a third job too. She's actually a reporter for this Daily Star for an online for the online news outlet. So the next thing you get to um, Lex Luthor unveiling his um, his new aircraft carrier thing that he's going to help sit save Metropolis with because he realizes even with his power suit, he can't be everywhere at once. So he's got this giant brand new aircraft carrier that's going to help everybody out. Um, but as um, as he's unveiling it, something attacks it. No one knows what it is, and it's um, get, start getting shoved towards the city at full speed for some reason. So um, Lana's on the deck of the aircraft carrier, and um, Lois has to come in, Superwoman has to come in, and... Um, Lana's telling her quietly to do stuff like freeze the water around it so it can't keep getting shoved into the um, piers. Um, you got to help all these people, and she's basically talking her through all this stuff. Um, and uh, the last thing they're doing is all of a sudden they're getting shoved towards the bridge with thousands of people on the bridge on the bay. So, yeah, this was an um, awesome scene in the book. And this awesome one here, on the book. Lois tells her, I need you. I need your help. So then um, we kick back to um, Kansas again, and they're talking back and forth and how um, they're talking back and forth about the different powers that um, Lois has and all these things and how um, Lana thinks that – or Lois thinks Lana may have powers too because Lois didn't have any powers until the day Superman died. When he pretty much exploded, the two of them were in close proximity to him, and all of a sudden she had powers. So she thinks Lana has powers. And then out of nowhere, you get to see um, when Lois is in trouble, she can't stop this. Um, she can't stop the ship from hitting the pier. Um, all of a sudden, you get 
a second Superwoman shows up, and she looks very much like if you guys remember to the red. The Superman had the electric blue and the red su- suits back in the late '90s. They had a small thing where he was like um, an energy Superman or something. There was red and blue. Well, this looks like mm-hmm. the red Superman. Yeah, but it's Lana but Lang is Superwoman. Yeah. So this one said she was a farmer by blood, an engineer by trade, burgeoning news personality by chance, and a wonder or superwoman by fate. So together they um, stop the ship from smashing everything, and um, then they have to go and go through and try to find any survivors that are on the ship. And they're going back and forth um, this whole time. Whenever they go back to Smallville, they're talking about how um, Lana lost her whole family. She lost her. Um, brother, she says, if I'm going to help you, Lo, and she lost Clark. If she's going to help Lois, Lois has to pr- promise to not leave her. Everybody in her life keeps leaving her. So um, then uh, Luther, his suit is not working. So um, he tells them they have to help him because they have to save all these people that are on the ship. So they go through a little at a time clearing everybody out, making sure everybody's okay because this is a nuclear-powered vessel. They want to make sure that there's nothing leaking. Then they get into this little um, this lab in the belly of the ship trying to figure out what in the world is this. And um, they find out the scientists in this lab have been torn apart. So Lois starts scanning and looking, um, trying to look through the walls to see what she can find, and everything is lined with lead. Then out of nowhere, something comes smashing through the walls and... Um, Starts attacking Lois and smashes her through a wall. They're start, they're fighting back and forth, fighting back and forth. And um, Lana looks up and um, Lois has returned into stone. And we actually see the death of the new 52. So Lois Lane is the last and part of this fast. comic. So what everybody's expecting that Lois Lane is the superwoman of the um, new superwoman comics is not. It looks like Lana Lang is going to be superwoman. It's the electric red Lana Lang. Because Lois Lane, the new 52 Lois Lane, we were, a couple of weeks ago, remember, we were contemplating, well, we have two Lois Lanes in this universe. What are we going to do with that? Well, now we only have one yeah. Lois Lane left. And so everything's going back with the way it should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got one more review. And this is probably the most uh, familiar issue with everybody out there. This is Wonder yeah. Woman issue number four. Anybody but, who knows Wonder Woman, with a, with only a couple of little tweaks, this is actually one that everybody should recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't know, though, since they've been doing the rebirth of Wonder Woman, they've been going with the present, then going to her origin. Then the next week it would be her present, what's going on, then next week back to her origin. Yeah, they're running two so separate storylines on every other comic, so the odds are one storyline to even sort another storyline. Yeah, and I, I love that. I'm, this is making me even a bigger Wonder Woman fan now. I love... I'm loving this uh, series right now. This is one of my favorite ones from the Rebirth relaunch. Um, basically, this was her origin that everybody knows. Steve Trevor and the last is you just crashed on that island, on Themyscira. Mm-hmm. But now they're picking up the wreckage, all the um, Amazons, and they're uh, mummifying and burying the... Well, no, they're not burying. They're just uh, mummifying the men that are that are dead. The only man that is alive is Steve Trevor, and he's, he's severely injured, so they're Killing him back uh, in their bath of, I don't know, whatever it is that the Amazons put you in to heal you. Um, and as they're um, talking with Hippolyta, the queen of the um, of Themyscira, everyone's talking about these men and what they have on them, where they come from. One of the Amazons pull out a gun, and she shoots it at the sta- at a base and says, Wow, that was a really fast weapon. 
and how dangerous it are and they shouldn't trust these men. They might be here for war. They don't know. Then next scene, you see um, Wonder Woman Diana sitting on the bedside of Steve Trevor waiting for him to get up. He wakes up and he's looking around. He's like, where's my friends? Where are they? Who are you? She's like, my name is Diana. Well, where's my friends? Then he's like, let me guess they're dead, aren't they? She yeah, the says, yes, they thing are. on this, they can't, um, they don't understand each other oh, at yeah, all. That was the, yeah, this felt like a Starfire and Dick Grayson moment. It was like they're communicating, but they can't understand each other, which did, they didn't explain they why really, they can't. No, well, they can't because they don't speak the same language. Is that why? Yeah, if you look, all, that, the, um, oh, okay. all the Amazons have two Amazons lines around their bubbles. Lines around their bubbles, He's got yeah. one. They're speaking you know what, ancient I was Greek. At that? Yeah, he, they're speaking ancient oh, Greek. He's speaking okay. English. Okay, because I seen the bubbles was different, but I'm thinking to myself, they're sometimes they'll translate something in here and then they'll turn into the, our English. I'm like, yeah. okay, oh, okay, that. Thank you. I was a little confused on. I was like, is it just because she's Amazon? Well, um, anyways, they're still having their meeting. They're talking about how these men can't be trusted, but um, Hippolyta thinks maybe they can give them a chance and send them home. And they're having a tournament tomorrow to find out who the um, chosen one might be to wield all this all the armor the shield the bracelets to uh take this man back to wherever it is he came from so um hapala tells diana she knows that um she has faith in her and she feels she'll probably hopefully win tomorrow and as you say can you even tell me this and here she knows diana's going to enter this tournament exactly originally the old story was diana um entered in secret because she was ban- she was told she was not allowed to enter Right, because she was the queen's daughter. Here, it's different. Um, and they want her to be more so of an ambassador, seems like, in this instead of just going to America. You know? Yeah. Well, originally, also, in this one, um, they realized that whoever leaves can never return. That was another, yeah. Yeah, that that's what's on here. And this is when she looks at her and she says, oh, let me find exactly, because this was really good. Um, yeah, where is it? She said, um, you don't have to enter this because if you do win, you'll never be able to come back. She says, I won't want you to think less of me. And I could probably uh, call, and I would not be proud to call myself your daughter if I did not even try. She says, I'm very proud of you, daughter. Get kisses on the forehead. That was a pretty sweet scene. I, usually when I see uh, Diana and her mother, they're usually not that friendly with each other at times like this. They're either yeah. one's on the fence or one doesn't want the other one to do something. So she enters the tournament. Um, oh, by the way, there's this panel uh, over here where you can see them putting some type of crystals on this pl- on the plane that he crashed on. The plane they crashed on, they're putting something clear on it. Keep that in mind, guys. Um, and she's fighting the Amazons, and they're all going to battle in the tournament. Now, the final uh, test is the bracelets uh, they put on, and they have the gun from Steve Trevor. And he's telling them, hey, 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 watch out. Don't, don't, don't use that. It's not a toy. And she shoots one of the first Amazon because she could not... Uh, she missed the bullet and it hit her in the shoulder. But they're Amazons. They can take a they can take a bullet better than what normal humans can. So the next girl walks up, next Amazon walks up and it hits her in the stomach. She's not the chosen one. Diana steps up and her mother's the one that's been shooting these Amazons, by the way. So she shoots uh she shoots um Diana, but they don't show what happens at that scene. But afterwards, she has her Wonder Woman costume on and there's the invisible jet. And they're carrying the bodies of the dead soldiers on that jet. So she obviously won the tournament, and she's their new champion, and she's going to be the one to accompany Steve Trevor back to America. And that's it. Her and her mother hug it out, and the last scene we see is them flying away in the visible jet. Okay. 
So that was so actually that, that was the origin of Wonder Woman retold again, basically. Pretty much. So now we get to see in two we or um, in two issues. Uh, in issue number six, we'll get to see her first showing up in the world of men. Mm-hmm. And next issue, we'll see her and Cheetah battling it out and see if Cheetah can still be trusted. Yep. So we finally made it. That was all of our reviews from August 10th. So next week we'll have the August 17th reviews. But next up, we got to make a trip to. So this is our comic book shop pull list for August 24th. This is the, the pull list is always brought to you by the Shazbots. That was their song, The Comic Shop. You can find them on iTunes and um, go over to Facebook. Let them know that DC Superpower sent you. So our comic shop is actually the pull list from August 24th. And actually, we're starting with Action Comics number 962. You have this one ready to go? Yes, I do. Action Comics 962, they are, like I said, every week they're climbing, and each time I see that number, it's just insane that they went on this long. Um, Path of Doom Part 6. In the epic conclusion, the mystery of Black Zero depends, uh, deepens, just as the Man of Steel makes a fateful decision that may stop Doomsday, but also risk the lives of those that he loves the most. Um, art is done by Art Thyabrit. And Steven Segova, and covers by Clayman, and written by Dan Jurgensen. Awesome. Well, next one up, we got Batgirl number two, Beyond Burnside part two. Batgirl is off to Singapore. Following the mysterious advice of the ancient superhero known as Fruit Bat, Babs dives into the dangerous world of MMA fighting. But her Ooh. first opponent may be more than just an adversary in the ring. Could she be connected to Babs' um, new travel companion slash maybe crush? The art in this is done by Raphael Albuquerque, and it was written by Hope Larson. And next on our list, we actually have a new Rebirth title. This uh, is an older character we're familiar with, but he's also fairly new because this is the third Blue Beetle. This is Blue Beetle Rebirth number one. Lost in the desert with no memory of his past few years, teenager Jamie Rays must find his way home again. But when he reaches his town, he's shocked to find that it's abandoned and in the hands of the government officials, officials who are very interested in the Blue Beetle and the scarab that gives him his powers. How can Jamie find his family and uncover the secrets behind the town's seizure? Okay. And, uh, and why Cord Industries is helping keep the world from learning the truth. Um, RR is done by Scott Collins and written by Keith Griffin. Okay, next up we have Deathstroke number one. The Professional Part One. Deathstroke's latest contract takes him to war-torn Af- to a, a war-torn African country, where he finds himself caught in the middle of a disintegrating alliance between a ruthless dictator and a deadly supervillain. With an entire nation at stake, Slade Wilson must choose between fulfilling his contract and saving an old friend. Art is done by Jason Paz and Carlo Pagulliana, and written by Christopher Priest. Sounds good. You gotta have to pick up a lot of these again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, next one on our list is Detective Comics 939, and that's climbing up there too. Both of them, Action and Detective, are gonna be something that's of legends. Um, 
Rise of the Batman Part 6. The full scope of the colony's plans and their mysterious leader have been revealed. So what is it going to take to stop them? Believe us, you are not prepared for the last scene. Art is done by Eber Farina, Eddie Bowers, and written by James T. Tyron Tyron the Fourth. That's a long name. That's almost as long as mine. Mm-hmm. Well, the next one up we got is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number three, Sinestro's Law Part Three. Pushed to his limits, Hal Jordan must fight his way through a squad of Sinestro Corps members, but he risks losing himself to the power he now wields as his battle with Sinestro nears. Art was done by Jordi Tarragona and Rafa Sandoval, and is written by Robert Venditti. Sounds good. Uh, this loads up for me. Next on our list, we have Hellblazer number one. The, punish, the Poison Truth, part one. London may have recovered from Constantine's return, but he's ha- but he hasn't. Mercy hasn't forgiven him, but she won't leave him alone either. The Swamp Thing is also calling in for a favor, and all the wild bigger things are growing in well, I didn't say, wherever John Constantine goes. And art is done by M- <laughs> Morant and written by Simon Oliver. Oh, that's a single name. I don't know. He's, I guess the guy changed his name for whoever that is. Yep. Well, the next up we have the Flash number five, Lightning Strikes Twice, Part Five, with Central City. <clears throat> let me try that again. With Central City now protected by dozens of freshly trained Flashes, Barry Allen takes time out to explore a new relationship. Meanwhile, a serial killer targets the citizens. Uh, are the citizen speedsters as Wally West takes his first steps towards becoming the new Kid Flash. Art is done by Neil Gouge and is written by Joshua Williamson. Sweet. And next on our list, I'm actually excited about this. We're seeing some old villains that I haven't seen in comic books for a while. Um, Titans number two. Remember the Titans part two. As the Titans prepared, <clears throat> as the Titans prepared to do their uh, the unthinkable in order to defeat this intergalactic demon that stole time from itself from the DC universe entered the fearsome five but there are a sinister um, quint and acting in their own record I'm sorry in their own accord to gather forces at work um, yeah the furious five haven't been seen I don't think the combo since like 2005 2006 from what I can remember cool. so this is going to be interesting and art is done by Norman Ratmut uh, Britt Roof and Dan Abbott is the writer. Okay, and the last pick for this week is Wonder Woman number five, The Lies Part Three. Steve Trevor finds himself trapped in the heart of Urzakat. Or wait, that Urzkartaga. Urzkartaga's <laughs> darkness. With Wonder Woman and Cheetah, they only hope to rescue him and his men. But how far can Cheetah be trusted? Now, the art is by Liam Sharp and is written by Greg Rucka. So, this has been an epically long, long issue. But we yes. got our reviews done when we needed to, we, our, our movie reviews. We got our regular reviews in there. And remember, next week, get, uh, Super Friends, we're going to get in there and um, get back to probably a little bit more of a normal size episode. So, um, I think that just about brings us...
love that. So, Vernon, why don't you let everybody know where they can get a hold of us? Everybody out there, you can contact us for DC Superpowers Podcast. On Twitter is DC Superpowers. I'm sorry, Superpowers DC. Facebook, DC Superpowers Podcast. On our Instagram, DC Superpowers Podcast. And you can find me on my Instagram, Howlin' at Wolf. Facebook, Vernon McWayne Moore. And on Twitter, Yellow. You can find me on um, Facebook. Or wait, let me No, on Instagram and Twitter. I need to write this down. On Instagram and Twitter at GW1Ken, and on Facebook, I'm Ken Rose. Um, also, remember, head over to iTunes, leave us a review like um, like our other friends have done. After we get those ten reviews, super friends, we're going to send in, a, um, or we're going to send the comic books to someone on the list. And then every multiple of ten after that, we're going to pull from the prize box and send out comics. So bring in the comics, the reviews. Let everybody know where to get a hold of us. You can also find us. Um, we are proud members of the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and the Weebie Geeks Network at weebiegeekspc.com. And we are proud members of the GeekWatch One family of podcasts. So, Vernon, did you have anything else for us this week? Um, leave those reviews. We're get, we got two reviews already, so we're waiting for the rest, and we will have a winner. Awesome. So, super friends, until next week, we'll see you later.